Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This episode of Soaking Nostalgia by Deadpan Studio Podcast is going to feature a couple of uh, very cool interviewees, uh, but it's not going to be for the younger listeners. We do have some language in the, to be quite honest, the episode is just way, 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 way too long for me to try to edit and uh, cut out all of that cussing. So, <laughs> There wasn't a whole lot, but just so you know, this isn't for children. Uh, but if you would like to tell the children about what you listen to, check it out. Uh, and with that, I hope you enjoy the episode. Everybody, and by the sound of that music, you know that it is time for another awesome episode of Soaky Nostalgia. How's everybody feeling tonight? Just That's, like that. Yeah, just like that. That's going to be for the listeners. <laughs> As Those always. people are dead. <laughs> As always, I am your host, The Matt. Sir Bradley. Tiny. Alan. Tiny, you said that like it was a question. Tiny? Yeah. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> hey, hey, I just read what's on the script, okay? <laughs> Audience, if you if you don't know what's going on, we're just excited. We're gonna have a really good episode tonight. Tonight, tonight. Uh, before we get into it. We're gonna don't get we promote the... all of our shows as being really good shows? Yes, yeah, because we get better and better each one. So it will be. It'll be awesome. Just like fine I can't wait for three years from now. <laughs> three years from now, we'll be paying other people to do this, and we'll just sit back raking in the adulation. They'll just wear. Uh, I'm good. They'll I'm just good. wear our masks. We, we hope so. Yeah, <laughs> we hope so. Yeah, we do. Um, listeners, as always, uh, if you would like to reach us, get us at Deadpan. <clears throat> Excuse me, Deadpan Studio. Yeah, try to type that out. Yeah. <laughs> deadpanstudio18 at gmail.com soakingnostalgia at gmail.com you've got our website deadpan-studio.com we've got oh let's see we've got uh, at soakingnostalgia and deadpanstudio18 on the social media on the twitter and facebook I call it the twitter because I'm an old man <laughs> but you can also get us here um, on the podbean app which is one of the places we stream the web address for that is deadpanstudio.podbean.com. You can also get us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, and Spotify. Yeah. Whew. I'm getting that hurt that all the time. That's a mouthful. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you got to relax the throat in order to get Come them all on, the way. people. I gave y'all a softball to a, that's what she said, and nobody fucking took it. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes, Damn, some, boy. sometimes they don't like the softballs. They like the... The ones that, you know, kind of draw up a little bit, kind of retain their youth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be a good show. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Yeah, let's do this. All right. Uh, well, tonight, um, we're not going to do... Are, any... are we looping it up or are we just going straight in? Oh, we're going uh, in dry. No. What are you talking about? We're going in dry. Okay. Yeah, we don't really have any news uh, this evening just because it's still... We 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 Corona down right now, man. Um, look, we're at home. We're recording. We're having a podcast. We're having a good time. I'm on a my second monster of the day, 
and uh, it's we're recording on a Friday night. This will be out on Tuesday. Audience, have you noticed that our podcasts are coming out on Tuesday? I hope you uh, got our releases for that. And if not, check this out. We're re- we're recording later into the week, and because this coronavirus actually makes people busier, uh, some anyway, it's going to be released on Tuesday. If you don't like it, get over it. Listen to us anyway. Send us your hate mail. Yeah, actually, send us an email. It's very simple. Here's what you do. Um, I don't know how Android users uh, do it, but all you have to do is get your phone. This little thing down here that looks like an envelope that probably has a notification that you probably never open. Um, click that open. Then hit this little thing that's got a box and an arrow. That means new message. You create that. You type in our web address, uh, our email address at deadpanstudio18 at gmail.com or soakingnostalgia at gmail.com. And you type in a little note to us. I don't care if it's good, bad nothing and then you hit this little thing it's just an arrow that says send it doesn't actually say send it's just an arrow for it to send and if it does send you'll hear a type thing that means you've done your job right and if not you suck and if you're a smart android user uh, (laughs) you use the gmail app for everything so yeah so (laughs) oh he's funny guy right here This is why I only do one show a night. <laughs> what are your other nights like? <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, you don't. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my nights aren't exciting. I, I'm sitting. In, <laughs> I'm sitting. Damn! In, I really hope you didn't say that around her. No. <laughs> I'm sitting in a bedroom trying to get the best uh, best sound possible in the limited space that I have until the Rona is done, staring at a, an unopened box of compression socks. That's my week. Good luck. Wow. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> uh, anyway. All right. Oh, are, we, are we talking about socks now? Compression socks. I really just used one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> is her name Susie? Oh. <laughs> uh. Wow. I'm not telling her name. She she a little crusty. <laughs> I'm not telling her her name. <laughs> Here here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Is are you calling her crusty or are you just talking about a sock? <laughs> Either way. Moving on. Moving uh, on. <laughs> I'm I'm getting a notification that we could possibly have a uh, guest joining us. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they end up joining us, Alan, you could do the introduction. Sweet. <clears throat> awesome. All right. So <clears throat> let me well, we clear my throat. We should tell the people. We should at least tell the people. Uh, what we're talking about before we introduce any guests. Sure. Go right ahead, Tiny. Uh, it, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. We, we've we had this set up for a couple of months with, with what we were going to be recording. And uh, the show tonight is by far the, the one I have been excited about the most. We are talking about uh, the local music scene here out of Southern Kentucky. So, yeah. 
super super stoked about that yeah absolutely yeah. we are i mean this this does nothing but create a heavy dose of nostalgia for all of us because a lot uh, some of these bands that we're going to talk about some of them some are of still us. current um but a lot of them either aren't together anymore for one reason or another or they've just changed their name or some reason uh but they came into our lives in certain points in time that created special memories for us. Even if like you can listen to this music and not like it, but you know, that's fine. It's the memories that go with it that make the music good. I mean, it's like the, um, <laughs> tiny, I'm going to call you and your brother out. You were having a discussion yeah, okay. between the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. Yep, yep, absolutely. I know which ones I prefer more. And it's not, in my personal opinion, it's not because I think one band is better than the other. I think it's because of the memories that one band brings more than the other that makes me like them more. Uh, I don't want to get into that debate too much, but I just <laughs> want to say, I just I want to say. I'd like to hear some answers. Well, first of all, my answer is the Beatles. And second of all, it's not because of. And not the shitty the Beatles music. either. Right, exactly. It's not because they're better than the Stones. It's because of what they accomplished in the time frame that they did it. Because you have to understand, between 1964 and 1970, they recorded every piece of Beatles music ever. We're not talking about the Rolling Stones having a 50-year career and putting out albums every 10 years. You're talking about the Beatles put out five albums in the matter of four years they were in the studio they were recording they were focused and they were doing what they were doing and still have as many number one hits as they you're do. telling me that the beatles were focused <laughs> they they put out they they put out eight albums in six years so you tell me <laughs> hey i'm not bad mouthing them but uh, but you did answer incorrectly but <laughs> uh, but that's okay. That's a, that's another show. That's another that's show. Another we should get into that. that like. show. That's right. <laughs> this would probably also be a, be a good time to uh, capitalize on what Tiny said. So originally, before this season even started, uh, the plan was to do a five-part episode, five-part series focusing solely on the music of Southern Kentucky. Correct. That, that kind of fell through. For the time being, the Rona. Uh, well, yeah, that uh, there, there was plays, there was the holidays. It was a mess. But anyway, we'll get to that eventually. Not bad. We'll get to that eventually. Next week's episode was actually recorded before anything you've heard so far this season, if yes. I'm not mistaken, Matt. You are correct. Okay, uh, and, and that was originally supposed to be a part of the five-part series, so if you happen to hear us mention that during next week's episode, that's what we're talking about. And it's still going to come in, in some type of fashion, that's what she said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you'll you'll have to wait on that, because it's, it's going to be even bigger than what we had originally planned. So tonight, That's what she said. <laughs> yeah, tonight is actually God, a good segue. <laughs> Uh, tonight is actually a good segue into next week's episode. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there for the listeners uh, just to keep you up to speed on what's going on. <laughs> so, wow, I think that's the most Alan has talked on here in quite some time. Yeah. It was yeah. it was, it was an enjoyable experience. Somehow. Yeah, very much so. Well, somehow. That's somehow. Right. <laughs> 
right. So let's get this. Let's get this party funny. So let's do a little bit of explanation about the this local music. Okay. So. Um, I don't know, uh, obviously, I don't know what anybody else here has done other than what we talked about right before Mike, but um, I went through my old music catalog and I went, uh, found all the old music that I used to follow and I currently follow for the local area. Now, there's some that I haven't included um, tonight because I was hoping some other people might uh, mention them. Um, like, there's one I, I got for a fact that uh, Alan. Uh, is kind of partial to we were talking about that a little bit today too uh, so <laughs> no, not that. at all <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah he gave me a call earlier so i came up with there were 17 quarter three yeah <laughs> oh my god and pilot why was pilot not on the list the because way. i uh, never no, i never followed pilot <laughs> i'm sorry oh. man so that that see that's where everybody else comes in but i compiled a list of 17 that i followed back then and currently today um now there's one or two i didn't include uh just because when you start making a a long 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 list it's time to make some cuts so even though i do follow them or did follow them they're not included because these i i I still listen to, uh, you know, every now and then. Um, That's another disclaimer that we should throw out there, too. In addition to Matt's list, I'm sure myself and Tiny are going to throw out band names that aren't on the list. So for any locals, they are not – it's not intentional. We just don't think about them. If you don't hear the band that you liked or that you were in, it's not a personal attack. It's just – They'll, it'll come later. <laughs> Trust uh, me. You know what? It is a personal attack. Send us an email. Yeah. <laughs> let, let us know how you do it. We, we will allow you to come on the show and air your grievances. No, right. no. Just email. Just email. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. So uh, the, the cool thing about all this, though, is uh, one of our hosts, uh, didn't really follow hasn't really followed local music which is a good thing for this topic it gives a an outsider's perspective about you know it's like we love this band and you know but then you could be like yeah they were the shitty beatles you know it's <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which is funny because his favorite band don't you fucking go there uh, i have a cousin who's not in a band by the way um who that's who, what he refers to Brad's favorite band as. <laughs> I don't agree well, with him. Yeah. I'm just saying that's a funny little tidbit there. That that is funny. I'm, I'm sure. Now who is who is this Alan? A cousin? Yeah, he, he's a cousin of mine. Yeah. Oh, well, is he inbred? <laughs> Every morning because he's lonely. Oh, no. Half no, a loaf. No. Uh, and, and, and let's let's be clear. Uh, Tom is my favorite. Yeah, I was gonna say. I thought I thought Tom Petty was his favorite. Yeah. Well, Tom Petty is 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 the number one. However, the one Alan's referring to is my one B. So. <laughs> well, you know, but we were talking about how you, Sir Bradley, is the one that never really followed the music. Obviously, if we. Um, to, I'm not saying that in a negative way at all. And I even said that before. You know, Sir Bradley says something about getting hate. 
hate. Come on now. We pick on each other too much to actually consider hate. Uh, <laughs> but that's it's a good no, thing. No, it'll be nice. It'll be nice to have somebody that wasn't in the moment when the music was happening to come in and say, why I understand. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, I understand why you guys are all about it, but let's, let's be honest. This was eh, at best. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of makes you, it kind of makes you stop and go, well, maybe that's, well, I'm not going to say that in case one of the bands, uh, listens back on this, but, uh, you yeah, know, let's, uh, yeah, let's be respectful. There's obviously more than one reason why some local bands don't make it as far as they would like to. And a big portion of it is just the saturation of the music business and not very many musical, uh, per, uh, you know, companies. So, although, although I would like to say and go on record, um, and Matt can back me up on this for over 20 years now, um, I've been saying that uh, the local area was turning into Seattle. And we've had a few big bands come up, but yeah, we might. Well, the talent in this area is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's a shame. Like only two or three of them really get uh, the deserved exposure uh, because there are so many great bands in this area that deserve to. Yep. Get out there, you know. Yeah, I, I, I tell you what, um, <clears throat> we might as well Ask go ahead. And, yeah, <laughs> we might as well go ahead and uh, get the uh, quote unquote elephants in the room uh, out of the way <laughs> and talk about them a little bit. Um, first of all, of course, we've got uh, Blackstone Cherry. So if you look up uh, the our area code and bands, that's the first thing that's going to pop up because they they are currently one of the biggest bands that came from this area blackstone cherry they are a mixture of of uh, hard rock and southern rock and blues uh, blues yeah i was gonna say there's a big blues influence there. oh yeah and it keeps getting bigger and bigger too yeah. absolutely i love their last album yeah. by the way <laughs> they, i can't wait to hear the new one. Oh yeah they they are a multi-talented band um and some really in, uh, cool personalities too and I'm not just blowing smoke. It's the truth. It's, they are completely down to earth. They haven't let, quote unquote, I don't even know if you can consider rock and roll fame, fame anymore, unless you're one of the anymore. big, big legendary bands like Metallica or uh, right. Romstein. Uh, I said that incorrectly on purpose. Uh, yeah, send us your email. <laughs> Romstein. Uh, yeah, I, this is this is how down to earth they are. Uh, next week's episode, which I mentioned earlier, mentioned earlier, after we got done recording that, we stood outside for how long, Matt? An hour. Or talking so. to the guest. Okay. So, uh, and we're still talking about the same thing. We're talking about life. Talking about music. We should mention the band um, and member members. <laughs> oh, we we will. We'll get we'll get to that. Okay. But uh, we were out there talking to him. Uh, me, Matt, and the guest, and we're talking about Blackstone Cherry at one point, and it was late. It was like what eleven? Uh, not quite that late. We stopped recording a little after nine, and uh, we we talked out there for you know a little about an, an hour, hour and a half, hour and a half. Hours. So it was about ten thirty. Yeah. So, uh, and then all of a sudden, the guest is like, "Well, hell, there's John Fred right there." So John <laughs> Young, being the drummer for Blackstone Cherry, and he's just driving of, by. So, 
and we, son we, of one of the Kentucky Headhunters. Son and nephew. Nephew. As well. Uh, his his dad, Richard, Richard. Young, uh, rhythm guitarist for the Kentucky Headhunters, and his uncle, Fred Young, uh, yep. drummer. Yep. Um, and Phenomenal. And while, while we're talking but, about uh, Kentucky Headhunters real quick, just uh, uh, Greg Martin also had a band that's on this list. Um, and I went to school with Greg's son, Eric, and uh, my wife used to uh, do photography for the band that we'll be speaking about later, um, which was kind of a rhythm and blues type of deal. So, John Fred, We have an incoming, don't we? Yes, goes, we, do. we do. Just a second. John Fred comes driving by, and so me and we, we wave, and he pulls over and rolls his window down, and he's like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> he's like, well, we, we just finished recording a podcast. He said, a what? <laughs> a podcast. He said, a podcast or a podcast? <laughs> and we were like, well, both if you got any on you. And he's like, well, I'm running late. I better go. <laughs> so the funny thing was, though, the best part about it is when we finally left, because we talked even longer after that happened uh i actually got behind their bus he was late to get to the bus because they were going on tour they they were hitting the road for a few days at least he would have been very late if if it was a podcast (laughs) (laughs) but anyway yes we we have uh, a guest that just joined us um in the in the music world, anyway, he is. Well, I'll let him speak for himself. But this is uh, Mr. Cody Baker. How's it going, guys? How's it going, man? Hello, sir. Hey, it what's up, Cody? Going, it is going just fine. Uh, I'm Cody, out. Go ahead, out. No, go ahead. No, I was just saying. Uh, I'm I'm just sitting outside grilling uh, some teriyaki chicken. Oh, that sounds <laughs> so, good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, Talking about having a podcast. Now we're uh, talking about some uh, teriyaki chicken, man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Almost goes hand in hand. All right. For so for the audience when they listen to this, uh, would you uh, would you please explain uh, who you are? Uh, well, as Alan said, uh, my name is Cody Baker. Um, I'm not really a local musician. Um, I, I do play around or whatever. Um, but I'm actually the uh, guitar tech slash, I guess, like stage manager for Otis, um, which they are a local band. They've been to Europe a couple of times um, and doing a big U.S. tour. Um, I think it was last year, year before last. Uh, so that's kind of my stance in the music industry, I guess. And of course, we don't have to tell you Otis is an awesome band. Uh, very, yes. very blues, heavy rock. It is, it is amazing. Yep. Um, it, it, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm sorry. I've been talking all day. <laughs> <laughs> Go check them out on, uh, on YouTube. It's, uh, you know, Otis, O T I S. You can't miss them. They, no. they're, they're amazing. Uh, Saw him play over at Rib Liquors, which is a a local barbecue place here. If you're not if you're listening to us, and you're not from around here. Uh, Rib Liquors, uh, they have a stage set up. It's it's an awesome place, but we're not talking about them. We're talking about Otis. Otis has uh, a really nice catalog of. Uh, they've got two um, two albums out. Well, 
I said two albums yep. out right now. They have two albums that you can purchase uh, from them. <laughs> that's yes. a, that's the thing with local local music. Um, you may be able to find their albums in Walmart, uh, the local Walmarts uh, around the area, in which they're the most popular. But you can definitely find their music online to be able to purchase, listen to previews, enjoy them, and just go. Yeah, they're available on iTunes. Yep, yes, they are. Yes, that's right. And their website, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if their website is still up during this whole Corona. extravaganza yeah. that we have going on. But their YouTube the is. <laughs> yes, the YouTube is. Yeah, the the Otis Road Show. If you have not checked out their YouTube and checked out their behind the scenes antics, you'll love it. It is it is great. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> um <laughs> Now, have you, have you uh, outside of, of course, Otis, have you followed much of the local music scene up until that point or, uh, or anything like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been familiar with, you know, especially a lot of the bigger bands, you know, the Headhunters and mm-hmm. uh, Blackstone Cherry. Um, I've always been a big fan of Super Fuzz. Um, oh, oh, yeah. I was hoping somebody <laughs> would mention them. <laughs> that's one of the bands I was um, talking about that uh, they didn't make my list of music that uh, I currently listen to today because I, the mood I was in when I listened to them is quite different <laughs> than with, the, with yeah. the rest of the bands. So, but they are, they were an excellent band too. Super fuzz. Oh my gosh. Damn. I hadn't heard that name in a while. That's pretty impressive. That's actually one that I've heard of. So, uh... um, and kind of, I guess, I won't say it's the offspring of that band, um, but the band um, Sour Cream, I don't know if it's been mentioned or not uh, because I Mm -hmm. came in late, uh, but Sour Cream is an amazing band. An amazing band. It is made up of Greg Martin, two of Greg Martin's uh, grandchildren. So, Ooh, uh, I didn't know that. Talk about a legacy yeah, band. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Talent in the blood uh, through the fingertips. Yes. Man. And I believe they just came out with a, a record. I'm not for sure. Uh, look them up on YouTube. I know they have a couple of uh, singles that they released. Um, but, oh, yeah, Sour Cream. Yeah. And they're, they're I think, I think all, and they're three members, just like the original Cream. Um, and I think they're all three like under eighteen, so it's <laughs> that, uh, it, it's so amazing. Impressive. Yeah, and yeah. they're in what they're what relation to Greg? The grandchildren. Oh, nice. Yeah, Greg that, Martin, of yeah. course, is the lead guitarist for the Kentucky Headhunters. If you and <laughs> and he was in Rufus Huff as well. Um, and uh, yeah. w- well, which was a uh, the Headhunters originally. See how far back we're going with the local names. Itchy Brothers. Yes. Brothers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that that's the thing uh, about this area. We there is we've talked we talked about this a little while ago, but there is so much untapped potential that Yes. It it is amazing the kind of music that comes from this area. And because we live in Kentucky, I know the first thought is country music, um, maybe blues, um, because we're you know kind of geared more towards the south however yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Memphis, yeah that makes sense yeah but we've got so much more than that i mean nappy roots came out of bowling green kentucky 
they Which is 30 like, minutes away from us. Um, yeah. Funny story about that, actually. Um, my brother was friends with most of that band. Oh, we have another guest. We, we do. do have another guest. Uh, awesome. So I guess I'll, I'll introduce this one as well. Yes, please. Man. Uh, so we got the Dazzler, uh, also known as Kevin Gross, local musician. Uh, I'll let you take it from there, sir. What? Hey, Kevin, what's going on, man? En route to Bowling Green to uh, fix an electronics problem. I thought now would be a good time to dial in there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We were talking about, we're, obviously, this uh, episode of Soaking Nostalgia by Deadpan Studio Podcast. I'm dro- name-dropping. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It's uh, heavily geared towards local music, and uh, this gentleman right here was in uh, a couple of bands that me and one of my hosts, Tiny, here have followed heavily, Jalam and Chasing Lane. The old, the old school Jalam. That's right. The old school Jalam. That's right, my man. We still have really, the albums. What's really funny about Jalam is when I first met Chris, how that band actually formed, and it was through a friend of mine named Jim Bob Clement. He, I was at Jim Bob's jam, and I said, well, you got some pretty good riffs. He's like, there's only one thing missing. He said, you need some good vocals. He said, I know a dude that will sing... And probably, so he gave me the name Chris Klein, so I went out in town, and back then, people were cruising up and down the McDonald's, there's a strip, (laughs) and I pulled up, and I said, are you Chris Klein's, and he was like, yeah, I was like, pull out here a minute, I was going to talk to you, (laughs) so that's kind of how me and Chris got together, was that simple, just, I didn't know him, he really didn't know me, well, through the years, um, I'll make it precise but I'll leave out some stuff that probably other people wouldn't really care but Chris had a, I think Chris um, dad died and our friendship it was kind of weird in the beginning because I'm older than Chris so like he was always up to me and I didn't want him to do that I want you to feel this part and that I don't know, I guess through whole life, me and, me and him, when the bands all split up and went their separate ways, um, I knew that me and Chris would probably always still be friends. It's because our ties are different. Some people join bands and play, and I eat it, I breathe it, I study it. I gave a lot of things up in my life that I probably shouldn't have and missed certain things that I shouldn't have over music. But in the end, it is what it is. Uh, but I wouldn't trade any of my memories or things that I got to witness. I was lucky, man. I'm telling you, if, it, if a dude in this world ever had luck, it was me because I'm really not that talented of a guitar player. I lack certain skills. Oh, that's a bunch I, of bullshit right there. I, I, would like say, I would also like to say bullshit. That's a humble man is what that is. And, like, uh, there's a lot of men that, like, my two influences really as a kid, because I, I didn't have the internet or, or, like, you know, like, to, to hear anything, like, to learn. So, that's why these are two. I'd go listen to Greg Martin, 
Of course, you gotta have Greg. No, I would listen to Kenny play bluegrass. I didn't know anything about. Yeah, I'm a fool. Thompson Mike uh, was playing with uh, 3035, Daddy Longleg, those type. Mike, if you ever get a chance, look him up. Oh, he put he sent me an actual video today playing Van Halen Uh And uh, Todd Coop, like those guys, influenced me heavily as a kid because they could play all these songs. And they were playing the stuff that we wanted to play. Uh, I'll give you a good I was playing drums. I was a drummer. And my friend came over and brought Van Halen album records. And he was like, dude, you're not going to believe what's on this record. And I was like, what, what is it? And he said, it's called Van Halen. And I said, let's go in here and spin it up and check it out. So we spun up the record. I heard eruption. I got right up immediately. And I went and told my dad, I was like, you know, I like these drums. Cause my dad had just bought this drum set for me. And I was like, we got to go to the music store tomorrow. <laughs> dad was like, why? I was like, because we're trading this all in to get some new guitars and equipment because I'm going to learn how to play like anybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's really how it happens. I mean, I'm sure, I know that uh, uh, Matt and Tiny, you guys mentioned it earlier when you guys just followed Jalam and Jason Lane. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jalam, Jalam and Jason Lane changed my point of view music so much. Um, and while I have Kevin here and I can ask him a question, um, Jalam had a song called Genius that had just an amazing opening riff. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Well, Genius, I want to tell you actually what made me come up with that idea, that opening riff for Genius. Because, like I said, back in the day, we don't have, we didn't have um, the internet. I want to tell you, i got to add this funny story on there because it's true. Now, you got to think, in the high school, I want to be a rock star. Everybody does. I want to be like Eddie Van Halen. I want to be like George Lynch. So you got a magazine, and it had rock clothing in it. You didn't have no internet. Remember that now. Mm -hmm. So you go to this magazine, and I was like, well, we got like a talent show coming up. So I talked my mom into getting these clothes for that. And just because it was hilarious, but it's true. There, it was a zebra pant. I gotta tell you about these because it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> the pants were called too bad, like a two and bad. You had to heat them up in the dryer to put them on. Wow. <laughs> like, as a kid, you're like getting this stuff, and I'm like, wow, I didn't really realize you gotta heat this up. I guess uh, everybody does it. So you heat that up, put them jeans on. Anyway. So you had stuff like that going on, and everything was either done through books, talking, or magazines. So now I had a magazine one. Hit, I think it was, uh, it's all, it might have been it's either Hit Prayer or Guitar World came out. It had Joe Satriani surfing with an alien. It was a plastic record. I was like, who in the hell knows Joe Satriani? So we had, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like a piece of plastic. It's flimsy, like I could wad it up. 
And we put it on a record player and blitzed the circle with the alien. I thought, oh, my God. That's the most incredible shit I've ever heard. <laughs> and uh, I literally next gave me the idea later to do Genius because I was thinking about that arpeggiated thing that Joe Satriani was playing. And on the same day, I was listening to Van Halen Cathedral when Eddie was doing the volume knobs well. I thought, I'm going to do this, but do the hardcore as this and make that bouncing sound. And it'll be a little riddle dive, a little workout. So Chris was like, I don't really know. So we played it. He was like, it's perfect. And I was like, it just kind of fit. I got to tell you, man, the, the, the first time that I was ever exposed to, to Jason Lane. I, I, I missed out on the Jalam scene. Uh, but I, I feel was sad still, for you. I'm so, well, I caught up <laughs> eventually. Uh, but uh, I was in high school, and I never will, I'll never forget this. We, we were in the computer lab, and everybody starts talking about this music video. And I was like, what music video are you talking Dude, Chris Klein. I was like, I don't know who the hell Chris Klein is. And they're like, no, he, he's in a band, man. And they have this video from like a garage or a basement. I can't remember which one it was. But the song's called The, the song's called the Devil. And like everybody in the computer lab almost was watching this damn video. <laughs> it was just the coolest thing. What the Devil really, what that song really was. Uh, here's the deal. My, believe it or not, Sometimes I might cuss like a sailor. I try to limit that now as I get older. <laughs> I bailed out in my age, but as a younger, we were rocking 24. Music wasn't something we listened to. It's what we live. Uh, I lived in houses where we did, where I did uh, they'd make the story crazy, but cool. We would not even have enough money to like buy uh, a hot dog per day to eat. So we would cut it in half and we lived off of it and had hand washing clothes. There'd be flies in the basement where somebody spilled beer and they're trying to jam that they could pack you off. That's how big. I meant, it kind of <laughs> reminded me of old, uh, like it wasn't like we're just all dressed up as hip kids running out and we lived pretty rough. And I was like, maybe some of the best songs come from those times because. Uh, we didn't have what we had, and like, now the, the devil, like, uh, it's kind of like this. We would jam over at the garage, so on Sundays it's church, and my uh, grandmother and them were really strict about religion and like what you're supposed to be doing. So like, you're not a jamming rock and roll right after church. That ain't happening. So my grandma. <laughs> When one day we were tearing it up in the garage and my grandma, it's kind of one of those things, if you could have seen the look on her face and the band there that second when they just opened up the door and, and, and not a word said and everybody stops and it's so quiet. And then my grandmother goes, uh, music is the devil. <laughs> yeah, wow. wow. First line out of the song. Yes, and uh, and that's where that, and this was what was kind of weird. And when I first joined Chase Lane, this was how that happened. It was even funnier. Me and Chris had done, when Jalam ended, it didn't go on the right terms. Uh, 
And maybe if I had one thing to say, like when bands split up sometimes, you're better off, man, to, to go out on good terms. It's hard sometimes. It might take a year for everybody to get over it, but, you know, everybody makes mistakes. I've sure made mine. But I, I would try to do whatever I could to keep my friends. But um, me and Chris were kind of into it. And they were actually going to go to the studio and start recording some material. And um, one of the band members said, I need to borrow a Les Paul. So I was like, well, look, I got a 1978 Silver Burst. It's the one everybody's looking for. I'm gonna bring that over. I'm gonna bring that over. Eric actually called me, and I think maybe David kind of idea of him setting that up. But I said I don't even want to be there. Chris was in the room, and David said, "Well, that's fine." He said, "I'll wait till they all go to lunch, and uh, I will call you, and you just rip that right over here." I was like, "Awesome!" Now, Kevin, this is David Barrett, right? Yeah. So, okay. so Dave calls, I take the guitar over, and uh, David's rocking on some tracks, and I was like, who in the hell's playing guitar on there? <laughs> David said, oh, Justin and Chris, he said, they're having a couple issues. I was like, really? I was like, it sounds great, though. I love the, I said, it's rocking, I meant, and uh, I said, I just want to piss him off. I said, let me have that guitar for a minute. And I said, I'm going to go in that room in there. And I said, I want to play a guitar solo on this song. And I said, then you transfer it when he gets back and he'll remember what he's missing. Dude, that's amazing. And then oh they go the studio and they were like, damn, uh, that's supposed to be in there. So it ended up. That's how I joined Cody. Hey, Cody. Hey, Cody, you got a mute option, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, you're I had to run inside the house. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Well, All right, man. I'll run through the house louder than that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's, that's the beauty of this podcast is we're, we're, we, this makes us relatable. That's right. Hey, man, out of all the songs that the band's ever done, I, everybody's got their favorite. I, but I want to tell you, I think one song that, I don't know, it was just magic. It, and how we had wrote that, written the song or whatever. It, um, to under, Chris kind of changed it around a little bit. And I didn't want to take anything from him because I always said this. Anytime that you want to say something in a song, don't ever let me or my ideas stop it. Up to a point, you know, like. But anyway, when we did the song Flow, now oh. from July. Oh, dude. Oh, my God. Oh. Love it. I was about to ask about that, actually. When you said that name, I literally got chills. And here's Which got, the thing. It got morphed into Row eventually. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah like, uh, Flow came into. Here's the thing about it. Like, I, I'm. I used to be a network engineer at HDK, and I loved uh, I loved technology. So I was always a supporter uh, of the space program as far as I contributed money to the space program. And, like, I dreamed that I had this song, and I was like, 
it, it had to start out, it had to have John F. Kennedy in it. It had to have Martin Luther King in it. It had to have those influential people saying what's real. And I was like, what's really real? I said, when my dad was in Vietnam, uh, and, you know, the real story for that song uh, is like this. Because it all got twisted around, but here's the real truth. Uh, <laughs> it says, uh, it says the blue always waits for the sun to show. When my dad was in Vietnam, it was cloudy and stuff a lot. talking about that song uh he asked me if i knew what it what it was really about and i said yes because you had told me before but but before you explained the background of it i always thought it was just about uh you know you're you're given different choices and the they're not always from the correct people you should be listening to so rolling 1.5s my mind automatically goes to all this is about weed and drugs you know, uh, the part in the song where I said, like, uh, live for yourself, die for your mother. Yeah. So shoot down your brother. What I'm saying is this. We need to live for ourselves and make choices for ourselves. Um, but I'll die for my mother. I would die. I would really die for my mother. But we also die for this country. She's your mother. And I said, pick up a pistol and shoot down your brother. We're always going to war with people over religious beliefs, political beliefs. We're ready to cut something down before we know who they are. Over yeah, we're beliefs. human brothers. That's exactly right. So I said, that's the thing I was trying to say in a weird way. was like, live for yourself, die for your mother, pick up a pistol and shoot down your brother. That is the ordinary flow. That's what life You're right. You look beside you now and look at it. It's such a fantastic song, man. From beginning it's, to end. Uh, well, and that's the thing. Uh, for me to see it come from Jalam when you guys first put it out um, and then move to Chasing Lane to still be able to do the song and to still have that feeling behind it. It's, it's just amazing. You know, like I said, there's some other people that sung it before and everything, but I'm going to tell you something. Like, it's just because he knew what it was about and Chris put the right emphasis on what needed to, and he made it come alive. Like, and I was like, you know, we could, we could all play songs and stuff, but there's some people that can take just that one little thing and take it far beyond what you could ever do with it. And I thought Chris did that well. Well, hey, man, you guys, this is something that uh, I haven't spoken about on the podcast, I don't believe. Uh, I, uh, of course, the listeners who've been listening for a while know I dabble in and acting the best that I can. I had wrote a song for an independent film 
and I contacted Kevin. I, I wanted Kevin to be the guitarist on it. Well, he took it and like ran with it. He contacted Chris <laughs> Kleins. He, he was he was like, "What if I get Chris Kleins?" I was like, "Well, shit. If you think you'll do it, sure. Good luck." You know, but I mean, not thinking that you know they're buddies. Of course, he's gonna do it. Uh, and he's like, "Well, what about you know Big V from Nappy Roots, who Matt you mentioned earlier?" And uh, I was like, "Sure, well, sure, try, Kevin." I didn't think it was ever gonna happen, but they took my lyrics. Really that song to me was is uh, here's the best thing of that whole song is I pulled Big V out of Nappy Roots and put him in a rock song, yeah. and like V, he said that it pressed him to do new things. And you're the cool, like, I've been friends with Big V now, I guess, eight or ten years. I call him all the time. I I recorded little snippets and tracks and goof-offs with Big V all the time. He's a phenomenal person. His rapping skills and abilities far beyond something I could ever imagine. And, like, the way V sees the world is different for me, and I thought, Hey, let's take this one thing and mix it with this for a change and see what we can come up with. And I'm like, I would do it again in a minute. He calls me all the time and says, you got any more projects like that other one? <laughs> I'm like, well, well, Alan, I'm a little pissed off, but this is the first time hearing about this. I'm going to need a link to that song. Yeah, um, it's called United We Fall. And like, it, and like here's the thing, too, is that... Uh, for that song, baby, what's cool to me about it is I'm a one, I'm a Rush fan, like a Rush. Like to me, nobody kind of done it like Rush. And that's part of the song. At the end, I got to recreate my idea of what Rush would do, and um, add Big V in with Chris and everything. I thought, oh, it's it's magical because. And here's another cool thing. I thought when we came in the studio, I had no idea what we're gonna play. I don't want to like. I didn't want to look at people and go, "Well, I don't want to downgrade you today." But I really have no idea. But I was like, "Y'all get. I've got all these ideas. I had none." And to see everybody get together and then like ten or fifteen minutes with a cool song, I was like, "Oh man." Yeah, exactly. It it was so cool. uh, I'm sorry, Cody just sent me a message. He had to, he had to cut it short. Yeah, uh, uh, Sir Bradley just uh, slipped out as well. So I just go ahead and acknowledge the both of them. Uh, thank both you both for being on here tonight. Yeah, but uh, as we continue on. Oh yeah. Uh, so it, well, he was like uh, Kevin was saying about V's rapping ability. I, I had uh, the whole the entire lyrics done, and when we got into the studio, Chris started messing making it his own which was fine with me i was just happy that you guys were doing it but they turned it into something that i didn't think possible like they literally all v wanted to know what's the movie about do you have any footage i was able to get some clips from the director and i showed it to to all those guys and they 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 created the song right there in the studio Oh, that's magic. I, I that mean, is magic. V, Chris Dude, was writing. Kevin, Kevin was there with him. Uh, v, literally, when it came time to record his bars, he did eight bars, and he wrote them 
right before he went into the recording booth. Yeah, he never really got what he was going to say. No. V that's beautiful. Let me tell you about his mind. This is the first time I ever met, met Big V. The guy in Bowling Green had a recording studio. I'm sorry for that ding, and it's my thing saying turn. Uh, <laughs> okay. Anyway, Big V called me down, and we were hanging out at this guy's, and he was like, hey, he V calls me Pee Wee sometimes. He was like, Pee Wee, we're going <laughs> to shoot some pole. How about that? And I was like, um, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> Anyway, V starts rapping. He starts rapping. And he keeps on rapping. And he's rapping. And V rapped for two hours while we're shooting two or three games of pool. And he never said the same word twice. (laughs) (laughs) Now I know when I listen to Nappy Roots why he's so influential in that band is because of his abilities, his skill, and his knowledge of words and mixing these words around things i was like dude i've never seen and i was like chris has got a talent of writing but i was like v can do that but in a whole different thing and really i don't know man it's just like two different people doing two different things but at the same time we're all on the same common ground and i was like to have that you know for a change i'm excited yeah Um, I mean, I was just blown away that he, he was that he even walked through the door because Po folks, Nappy uh, Roots featuring Anthony Anthony Hamilton. I mean, it's it's a three time Grammy nominated second hit single by Nappy Roots, and I was like, I have a Grammy nominated. All I did was call Kevin Gray. <laughs> never, never underestimate the Dazzler. Never. That's right. I told Dim, I was like, hey, just through. Um, through music and like, I think sometimes I'll tell it like it is. But I've played with bands and and different ones sometimes, and that's not this so friendly. And I was like, dude, my grandma taught me when I was a kid. I catch more things with honey than I ever will doing any other way. And right. I always right. told V like if and, and I was true with V like there's times V might write something. He said, did you think that was actually good? I said, nope. <laughs> and <said>, okay, <laughs> he go right back in there, man. And redo something and then really amaze you. But, what what uh, really blew me away, though, was he was writing his bars, and then he got stuck on the very last line. And he, he was like, he, I mean, he he just started rattling off words like a mile a minute. It, it was ridiculous. And and he's asking me, what rhymes with such and such? And, and I'm like, uh, I froze. I was like, why? <laughs> what? <laughs> it, it, it felt like you know it was a very collaborative uh, feel in that studio. It was so cool. Like I, I record, I got as much on video as I possibly could uh, because I know my phone died at one point, and I was very upset I didn't bring a charger. But uh, I have a lot of it, so I'm gonna end up editing that together because uh, we got a. It hasn't been officially announced yet, so I guess I could let the cat out of the bag. We got a United We Fall Part 2. Uh, awesome. That is awesome. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. For actually, this one is actually going to go for distribution. We're going to do it. United We Fall, it started out, uh, we really didn't think it was going to go anywhere, so the director really didn't put much thought into that into distribution. Me, on the other hand, I'm like, you can't have an action movie without a cool song. 
uh, and then the song itself has got to go somewhere. I mean, you know, so we're we're going to incorporate the first one with the second. So, yeah, you'll be hearing more about that song as time goes time goes. And Tiny, if you would like to see United We Fall, I do have a copy of it uh, uh, that I got from uh, Mr. Alan Hogan. And uh, you shall yeah, check it out. It's awesome. It's a great movie. Well, thank you. Um, one, one of the things that I was always impressed with is how universal of a language music is. Yeah. And if you look at, like, uh, if you look at some of the bands that have come out in, in America or in Europe that have been big in America, it's, it's universal. It's about the feeling that you get when you listen to the music. And it's so universal. It's beyond genres. It's beyond anything other than talent and thought well i mean i i'm sure kevin uh, can attest to this uh when you play in front of a crowd and you bring up just this one certain song that you may not even realize that it would connect the way it does um or even if it connects with the artist in a different way but the way it connects with the crowd and everything just kind of stops for a minute man just that's the magic of the language of music I'm going to tell you the most, I don't think it could ever get any better than, uh, for me, um, being, when I went to Europe with them guys, this didn't have anything to do with chasing me, but when I took some time out of here and I left, I went with him, and there's a couple of gigs, I'm going to say we're probably talking 20,000, 30,000, I mean, I didn't literally sit there and count. But normally that was the amount of people that are playing those festivals. And um, I'll tell you something, man. When you get up there and, and play a song or two, like being able to say, we'll come up and play, damn, who cares if we know the whole song all the way through, just come on and jam. And this was always how it ended up going. Uh, Chris would go back there and get on the drums, and John Fred would grab a harp, and we would start jamming on this stuff. And I'm like, there's a part in true music that I, I get lost. Like, my hands are in time. My notes I'm playing are in time. But my brain gets out of phase. And, like, I'm kind of outside myself. I'm listening to this stuff, and I'm listening to Ben, and I'm hearing John Fred. And there is an energy inside that that I can't describe. Like, there ain't a beer, there ain't a there ain't a drug. There's not something that you could take that could take you to that level till you ever get to feel it. I'm like, I wished that every musician that ever played that had that love of that music in them could experience that feeling. Because I'm like, dude, I'm gonna tell you something. When we were jamming, and I don't know. I, I tell Jim Bob sometimes, I was like, we call it the zone. I was like, once y'all hit that zone part, and we were playing simultaneously the same note, working up and down these guitars in different positions, oh. and we hit it at the same spot on the last note. And I was like, at that point, it seemed like time stood still. And when you looked at people's faces, and like that part's going wide open, um, it, you were just lost for a few seconds. Like, well, I don't really understand what we just done, but whatever it was, it must have been awesome. You created and something special. 
Jan, I was like, uh, in, in like one of my favorite shows, not just because he's one of my favorite artists, but just that sound and get to see him. Um, it was the night uh, Black Sun Cherry opened up for uh, Dio's, probably on Paris. And I'm like, not only that, but we're in a, we're in a casino that's redone in Paris. And we're fixing a jam with the legendary Tony Iommi. You're fixing a jam <laughs> with Black Sabbath. How good could it get? Yeah, man, that's amazing. And I'm going to tell you something. Tony Iommi come out there with that old SG and lit it up like it's never. He punched holes in my chest with the mid-brain tones <laughs> stuff that he had in those guitar sound. And... um. Here's a true story I'm going to tell you. You know how sometimes people, I believe this, man, I really do. The Lord puts people in your life in seasons, and some's there for seasons, mm -hmm. some's there to go and come and go. But there was a dude right before the concert started, and I went outside to smoke. And uh, this older man was leaning up against the wall. And he was almost in tears. And I was like, dude, what's, I said, have a cigarette. I said, what's the problem? He said, me and Ronnie are really good friends. And he said, I don't know what, he had actually lost his concert uh, ticket for that show. And you know how anybody could lie. But I was like, hey, man, um, I got to a concert was one time. It was actually ACDC fly on the wall and lost my concert ticket. And I was outside about in tears. So this dude, I was like, look, are you really friends with Ronnie? And he was like, yeah, man, I was working. I thought, I bet in my mind there was a part of me that said he is not. But the other part said that dude was like you. And then, and another dude gave you a chance. Were you going to give this guy a chance? So I was like, hey, I was like, come on in, man. You can come with me. And sure enough, dude, before that concert started, we were in the hallway, and here come Ronnie. And Ronnie seen him, and they started hugging and shaking hands. And that guy, he was like, Man, Ronnie Dio said, I'm, it's good to see you, man. He said, I ain't seen you in like 15 years. He said, I'm so glad you got to come. He said, hell, come up and stand on the stage with us. Oh. And that dude, from, you know, I'm still friends with that dude. His name's Don. He sends me stuff from, uh, he, he's at, uh, he's where he lives is in Paris, but he'll send me stuff on Facebook, little things, laughing. But I mean, little things like that, man, make festivals and stuff fun. You just never know. You just don't know. I tell and, you uh, what. We'll take this time to go ahead and dedicate this podcast to him because, man, that's just, man, that's heartwarming. That is just a great heartwarming story. And that dude was literally in tears. And I'm not kidding you, dude. When Ronnie James Dio came out of that dressing room, it wasn't 10 seconds. He seen him and he was like, yeah, Don. He was like, hey, man, like, it would be like me walking out and seeing Ben or something at the concert. The first <laughs> thing I'm going to do is get my hug. Yeah. So, like, it was kind of that and uh and then he told ronnie he said he let me come in he said i lost my ticket ronnie ronnie said it's a good thing we're playing with blackstone cherry because he said these guys are cool he said he let you in he said he really is a good friend of mine he said he's worked with me and he said he was my tour manager so um that's how it rolled that day oh that's wow. awesome that's <laughs> I'm going to leave you on a good one. All right. Um, the first time I met Dio, like, I, I've met him beforehand, but this is meeting, meeting. You're coming into the dressing room meeting. 
Right. So Dio enters like some cherry's dressing room. I'm like, all right, this. It was quiet. I said, how is anybody quiet? Ryan James Dio's is coming in. I got a South Park episode, so hopefully not. We got young listeners, but this is exactly what I said. I said, can I introduce you, Ronnie, to the level you need to be introduced? Because I said, as a kid, you were my rock and roll hero. I said, everybody shut up and welcome to the room, Ronnie fucking James Dio, the (laughs) king of heavy metal, the one and only. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Ronnie was laughing. And, I mean, we still laugh about it. It's just funny. But, like, that was the influence that Dio had in my life of Mm. music was... Hey Kevin, uh, Matt, uh, we were talking about some of our our favorite bands uh, from the past. Uh, that's local, um, and, and Jalam and Jason Lane were, were two of them. Well, I guess you consider consider it one. Uh, so, other than the Headhunters, did you have a local band that you really love to see or listen to? Yeah, let me name a couple of them because if you ever do a thing about that. We have to have them in there because they were really influential in the in this area. Like, uh, in Super Fudge, I mean, you got to have Super Fudge. Oh, of course. I mean, Absolutely, yes. It's got to have that. Uh, let me see who else. Uh, Charlie had a band back in the day called Crier. They done a bunch of cool. It was older. Uh, how about a band, Daddy Long Legs or 3035? Oh. Uh, we can't never forget about those bands. Um, let me see what Tail Dragger. Oh, I mean, Tail Dragger. Oh, we can't forget about Tail Dragger, man. Mm. Um, let me think of. I uh, did, and I'm more. sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Tail Dragger. Um, who else did I say today? I was, I thought of them today when I was out. Uh, I'd have to ask uh, Todd Coop the name of that band that he was in and this was neat like I'm a kid coming to one of my first concerts because back we just didn't get to go a lot back then as a kid there wasn't stuff to go and so my mom dropped me off at the plaza and here's Todd Coop holding up a flying V playing Eddie Van Halen and Atomic Punk and all that stuff it's fucking great like this is amazing um but that kind of stuff and that vibe um Hey, I'm gonna tell you another band that was always local that I really liked too. I just thought they was they were rocking, man, for what they were doing. Willow Shade. Oh, oh yes. Never went to one of their shows and left sad. No. I mean, like, dude, I was ready to rock. Oh yeah. <laughs> Willow Shade, man, they had it together. I, they I, that, I, they I, were like just the a fun of, band. I mean, flat out, dude, they were the, fun. The first song like actual song song that I ever had as a ringtone was until we meet again. Mm-hmm. By oh. Chris, Christian wrote it. Um, yeah. I remember they, they opened up for Blackstone cherry at one of the toys for tots shows one year. And I was talking Christian. Uh, I said, dude, look what's look what I have as my ringtone. And I played it for him and he goes, dude, I wrote that. <laughs> I said, really? <laughs> He's like, do you want to know what it's, what it was about? And I said, sure. It's like, about girl. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> if anybody would like to know what that band sounds like, uh, they still have a page up on Reverb Nation. So go to Reverb Nation and look up Willow Shade. Two separate words. Dude, let me Willow let me Shade. tell you, Corbin Burke is a, a little John Fred Young 
Like that dude can hammer on the drums. Um, and then of course Tyler, my cut at Chris Chris Robertson's brother Tyler. He was the bass player. Uh, yeah, Willow Shade was fantastic. They definitely need now that I've heard that Corbin has kind of away from another band, Kiss Kiss Bang, who's who's really good themselves. Yeah, they I, play. Really uh, they used to play regular at Tibbles. Yeah, I, I'm really hoping for a Willow Shade reunion because, I mean, that was lightning. Yes. Love them. Oh, very much. Um, there was Southern Thunder, mm-hmm. uh, which which was Hall's Cat's band. Um, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, yeah, Willow Shade, if you've never heard them or heard of them, definitely look them up on Reverb Nation. And I think there are actually a couple of uh, YouTubes. Uh, I can't remember if they're actual videos of a performance or if uh, it was just audio. I, I swear I've... I uh, looked up Willow Shade on YouTube. Look them up on there too. They, you might be able to find something special. I need to look to see if I still have the video I took of them at uh, Edmonton's Bicentennial. They opened up for Blackstone Cherry. Mm. Uh, I, I had a great video of them. Tyler spit on me on purpose, <laughs> uh, and it it landed. He, well, he drank some water and spit it out, and he aimed right at my camera lens. And I'll tell you a fun fun show too. Don't want to cut you off. Um. I'm fixing to go in here and do some computer work, but this is great. Blackstone Cherries, um, I don't know if y'all really like Kill Switch Engage. It's one of my favorite yes. oh, bands. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, my God, I love my Kill Switch Engage. So, like, we're at this festival, and, like, I've listened to a little bit of Kill Switch Engage, and we were, I was talking to the guitar player, and um, long story short, he was like, what? We were talking about Dio and stuff, and I, I don't know how this got around me. But I did not know that they were covering a Dio song. Huh. He said, dude, I got a surprise for you. So anyway, during that concert, he said, when this gets closer to the end of the set, just come on up on stage. Oh, wow. So I got up on stage. He had a Superman outfit on. Superman. <laughs> <laughs> that dude played Holy Diver in such a way that I'm like, I just wanted to lay on my back on the stage. Oh, and just take it in. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Oh. That's right, because he took that song and tributed it away. I've never heard anybody play it so fluidly and, and in their own style like they did it. And dude, I talked about that for two weeks over. I was like, I ain't never seen that like it. The kill switch, they had an energy in their vocalist was so intense that like I don't, I don't remember a lot of festivals that were as tense as probably theirs and with Black Song Cherry but when them two bands got together dude it was crazy oh I can uh, imagine I can just imagine oh my god let me tell you speaking of speaking of Chris uh, Chris shocked me he was playing with his dad's band at the Spillway in, in Bowling Green one night and me and Cody who, who was in the in here earlier we were talking and uh, I got to talking about Dave Grohl because I'm a big Foo Fighters fan and Chris comes out to smoke, and I said, Chris, have you ever gotten to meet Dave Grohl? And he, he takes a puff off a cigarette, and he's like, no. He said, never been much of a Foo fan. He, he said, I'm a, I was more of a, of a Nirvana guy. I'm a Kurt Cobain guy. And he, he was like, it's not that I don't like the Foo Fighters. They just don't have the same attitude as Nirvana. And I, and I was like, okay. And he goes, well, I'll tell you who I did get to meet. And he got real excited. And I said, who? And he's like, Wiz fucking Khalid. 
like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? I was really shocked. Oh, my God. I got to tell you this one since you said that. You know, I don't know. What is a world tour? It's what it is. It's touring some places maybe that dazzle. Maybe it could not dazzle. <laughs> so I anyway, we're at this club. And the club itself looks it looks pretty good. And it gets time to take a bath. And I was like, Ben, uh, it looks rough, rough in here. He said, what you mean, brother? I was like, uh, they got names on the walls. You know, people sign things, and that lets you know which bands has been here, who's doing this, who's doing that. Anyway, well, <laughs> this is so funny. I go to open the door, we're going to take a bath, and, the, and there's one name on that wall. Once I seen it, I just looked at it. I shut the door. I went right back, and I said, I need got any extra flip-flops or anything back there? <laughs> and I opened the door and looked at the first name, and it was at, right at my eye level. And it said, G.G. Allen. <gasps> well, no. G.G. Allen, Allen and the Murder Junkies. Oh, my God. And the Murder Junkies. And oh. I said, G.G. Allen and the Murder Junkies has rocked this club. I'm going to need to go back here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I said, get my flip-flops on. Cause I don't want to step on something on this floor. In here. <laughs> <laughs> and like, for a minute, it took everybody. They were like, "What is that?" And I had to show a couple people what G.G. Allen was, and they were like, "Oh my God, G.G. Allen!" I was like, "You don't." For the music people that don't know G.G. Allen, you'll just have to look it up. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Look it up. YouTube. There's a documentary about G.G. Allen. Um, you can watch it. I did watch it on YouTube. Please watch it. It's it's um, it'll change your life. <laughs> <laughs> It'll make you look at music in a whole new light. Yeah. <laughs> because but I ain't kidding, dude. I asked that club owner, I said, Is that for real? And he was like, Yes, sir. He said, That's why we never painted our stuff over that wall. He said, I looked at, opened that door, and it just, I just happened to catch it, you know, because I read things. And it said, G.G. Allen and the Murder Junkies. <laughs> and I was like, G.G. Allen really write that? And he was like, yes, he did. I, I tell you. I tell you why. You know, they say that uh, a lot of times bands, musicians, they'll leave a little bit of themselves out on the stage at the end of every show. He literally did. Yeah. And, <laughs> and all, I can say this and, and not tell you what it is, but all orifices. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's all on the stage, guaranteed. <laughs> I don't think the band ever finished one show that somebody didn't get arrested or hurt. <laughs> and I know everybody's thinking he. Everyone's thinking that Kevin's exaggerating. No, he's not. He is not. <laughs> I'm not, not even touching the surface. I'm not scratching it. Mm -mm. But. Well, Kevin, I know you said you you got to go and do some computer work before you go. Uh, you said earlier that you, that you're not that great of a guitarist or something along those lines, dude. I, I'm gonna post it later, Matt. Yeah. And if, if you want to download it and and link it up, however you want to link it up, I got a video of this man, uh, not only in the studio but at Riblickers, absolutely shredding. He looks like he's having a seizure. <laughs> well, I tell you I what, incredible. 
Well, with your permission, yeah. Kevin, I'll tell you what, I'll rip the audio from it and I'll, I'll uh, tack it onto the end of the podcast. No, so, you need a video. <laughs> need no, a no, video. no. You, ha- you have to understand. Like... No, you have to understand. Hey, Anybody. Nothing embarrasses me anymore. So I'm like, Hey, oh, fun. no, no, it's nothing <laughs> to be embarrassed about. Like, he's having like an no. out of body experience, just killing this guitar. Hey, sometimes Look, it happens. Part that music just overrides your brain, and like oh. at that point, your brain gives way, and you just it's just your brain's playing for everybody, and, you, and your fingers there ain't no thinking behind it anymore. You well, know, all those experiences I'm sure as hell will never forget. It, it was awesome. I've always wanted all to I'm learn how to play guitar. I've got two left thumbs. It'll never happen. But I can say, just as a music fan itself, I completely agree. You can completely lose yourself in any form of music. All I'm saying is that anybody that can play Angus Young the way he does and create his own music the way he does is amazing. Kevin, you are one of the best. Hey, man, I appreciate it. And, like... I always want to thank my friends that that kind of taught me because I'm like I'm kind of just represent them sometimes. It's like I just wanted to be like them. They were the coolest things going. <laughs> and I was like most people were running around and hocus pocus. I was like, dude, we were wanted the bands. I was like, nothing in high school. I, I wanted to do more than rock, and um, it didn't take me but like a minute. When Ben was like, dude, you going to board this bus and go to Europe with us? I was like, um, yes. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to go see what this is all really about. Because he told me this. He said, dude, it'll change your life. It'll make you it'll make you look at life different when you come back. And I said, that's what I need. I want to see everything. And I've seen it. So I'm like, dude, music's really powerful. I think that maybe the difference to me, and last I'll sum it up with this, um, Two things that one stuck out to me in my life. Kenny always used to say this at the music store. He said, to reach the impossible, you must do the absurd. And he means not be afraid to take that risk. And when I got on the plane with Chris and the guys and we were going to Europe, I remember Chris asked me, he was like, you could be anybody you wanted to be. You could change your name if that's what you want to do. Or you could, and he was like, what do you think you want this tour to be to you? And at that time, I really, I really had no concept of it. And I'm like, I don't know, just go jam and have a good time and uh, change the world with music. And then we got back and we was pulling back into Glasgow and Chris remembered and asked me, he was like, now that you went all these places, he was like, what would you think now? Would you say the same thing that you did as you boarded the plane? What, what's your, uh, you know, what do you think now? And I said, look, uh, um, anything, whatever you do in life, you got to trade a piece of life for it, you know? So I'm like, if you was really wanting to be that great musician, you couldn't be out skiing and hiking on the weekends. You'd be hitting hitting that guitar and learning. So I was like, the people that really shed that time and put that in it, I can look, I can see them, I can hear them, I feel them. And I'm like, those are what's real. And I was like, um, I had written it on the back of the book, and uh, I was trying to remember how I quoted it to him, and it was really funny, but it was right. I said, uh, um, you can change any amount of life for whatever you're wanting to do, but do it. Change it. Those people are the ones that change the world, not the ones that sit around thinking about it. The ones Absolutely. That change it. I'll give it up. I'll change. 
and, and I'll tell you what, the touring with them helped me change because people say this sometimes. Everybody gets stuck sometimes in a genre or life that, like, he grew up listening to Led Zeppelin. I grew up listening to Dio. You grew up listening to Nirvana. We all get stuck, and I think touring with all those other bands helped me get unstuck for a while to create new music and new ways and maybe leave behind some of the things that I thought were all set in stone, and maybe they're not. And that's because music changed. And I was watching a documentary once on Garth Brooks and, and George Strait, and, uh, and George Strait said this. He said, I used to listen to Waylon and them. He said, I thought they'd never get that old. He said, there was a day that they were playing on the radio, I mean, playing songs on the radio, and he said, I didn't hear them on there no more. And he said, it wasn't long down the road. He said, I got the notice and I didn't hear my. Hmm. So he said, music changed. And he said, country music grew and changed. So rock and roll is going to grow and change. And I, even though I wasn't a super fan of Nirvana, I respect them. I'm glad that they came and changed music and took it on a whole new place because that way it kept growing. And then I got to enjoy bands that came after that that I really love. And like, maybe, um, like I like. They grow. I like uh, Raised Against the Machine. I love this new. They were just really exciting. Um, Shine Down. I oh became man! Friends with them. I love yeah. Shine Down. Absolutely. Uh, They're awesome. I got to meet them at the uh, at the uh, is it the, the Tennessee Theater in Knoxville? I believe is what it's called. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I was wearing a Blackstone Cherry shirt, and uh, I got starstruck. I, I have met so many different actors. Uh, they never phased me shine down I, I had to do like a triple take uh, <laughs> and i never will forget barry their drummer pointed at my shirt and said awesome band i said thank you like i'm in the damn band here's a funny one when i met dio and like he's my hero i didn't say anything being was like <laughs> Dude, are you ever going to say anything? He's like, he's waiting for you to ask him a question. And I was just listening, and I was starstruck. So finally, I was like, uh, Ronnie, just tell us about some of the old stuff and the old times. And so when Ronnie started telling all these stories, it, like you could hear a pin drop. And he yeah. was telling you <laughs> the, the true things of Rainbow and Black Sabbath and, and everything. And Ronnie was – it was funny, man. He was really enlightened, and Ronnie was really super intelligent fast talking and quick thinking and he would tell you what he really thought uh, and I loved it I'll never forget that show hey man y'all gonna do another one sometime I'll have to call in I can tell you some funny stories and other <laughs> things some of these older bands and some of the greatest shows in Glasgow and stuff growing up like Summerfest or when Kenny used to have the things at the fair when, when the Headhunters was doing festivals or they were just some of the greatest times. Um, that, oh, absolutely, you know, man! Yeah, we'd yeah. love to have you back on, man. Yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna delve much, much, much deeper into the the Soaky music scene eventually. So, uh, yeah, that's gonna be awesome. Yes, very much. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you so much for uh, coming on here tonight. Uh, it's it's man, it's been an absolute pleasure. All right, man. Hey, it was great talking to y'all, and uh, I'll catch you on the far side. All right. Yes, sir. Hey, you have a good one. Kevin, man. Keep on dazzling. See you. Well, that was awesome. <sighs> uh, let me just say it. I stopped breathing listeners. halfway through it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> let me just say to our listeners, 
Uh, while I, I know Kevin and I've spoken to him personally on several different occasions, being able to sit here and talk about music with him um, may be a lifelong dream come true. Uh, <laughs> I have basically, I have basically texted anybody that I know that knows who he is and said, <laughs> "Hey, I am currently sitting here talking about music with Kevin Gray." <laughs> I th- I think uh, Tiny, you have crossed something off your bucket list. Absolutely, I'm uh, super excited if we can get him back on for another time. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, Kevin's great. I thought like uh, me and Matt. Um, I-, I was talking to Matt earlier today on the phone, and I was like, you know, I was th- I was at work because I'm one of the essentials. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, they used to say essentials are things that. like you know Cheetos and. Stuff like that. But it's good to see that us essential people are on par with Cheetos and snacks. Right, right. <laughs> well, I got to thinking at work, I was like, well, tonight, you know, we're, we're recording the the local, the favorite local bands from Past and Present episode. I was like, well, we, we already get somebody on. So my first thought was uh, Ben Wells, which is Kevin's cousin, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. the rhythm guitarist for Blackstone Chair. Well, him and Chris swap out lead, I guess. Um well, I said, I guess they definitely do. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> and that, that didn't work out. So I was like, okay, well, Kevin. B- because, I mean, I know Kevin, and uh, he's got to be bored. With the corona. Yeah. And I called him, and uh, he was like, yeah, man, I- I'm bored as shit. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, and then, uh, you know, uh, thank him for for coming on too. He he had to take oh, care yeah. of the little one whose name is Cash. I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying that. Little boy's naming uh, after Johnny Cash. Nice. Uh, but yeah, he had to take care of him. Brad had to cut out early uh, for his daughter. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean he's Kevin's like an encyclopedia. Um, I I think the the next best thing you can get to a brain like that. No offense to anybody else would be Greg Martin. Um just like the knowledge of, of mu- just everybody's insight is so unique. Uh, and I can't wait for everybody to hear next week's episode with Steve jr. Because he's the same way, uh, just in his own way, you know, like everybody's perspective and, and experiences are different, but they're all the same at the same time. It's the weirdest thing. Uh, so I have to ask just in the sake of the show, um, we have probably run, really long based on um our guest are we gonna stay on and talk about anybody else or we uh, make this a i figured we could stay on and talk for a few more minutes uh i this whole list of the whole list of bands that i have uh we can at least yep. go through and talk about uh them for just a, a few minutes uh Absolutely. i know we, were, I would love to. we yeah. were getting into that before some awesome stuff started happening <sighs> um yes again <laughs> let me say thank you kevin Thank you, Kevin. Really appreciate it. Yes. Uh, it was definitely uh, very, very exciting for me. So, um, Matt, if you want to get into some of the uh, other bands. That's awesome. Yes, and again, thank you, Cody. And I'll, I'll thank you both again at the end of the show as well as Sir Bradley. Um, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to be hearing more from those guys down the road. Yeah. So I, I had created a list of 17. And that's, you know, we, we'd already covered that. This really wasn't the whole extent of the local music but i mean 17 bands over the years that were a really good have been really good uh we've got a grammy award-winning uh band on this list we've got one that's just 
I mean, they're on fire. We've got an up and coming one that is picking up steam. And we've got some others that we have followed over the years. I'll just start at the top. Uh, well, oh, let's go ahead and start uh, with uh, Chasing Lane and Jalan. We covered that with uh, Kevin. Thank you, Mr. Dazzler. Yeah. Um, Poison Karma. I know uh, Sir Bradley had mentioned this off mic uh, that he wasn't really into them, which I can understand why. They're mainly a cover band. But so cover bands usually get a bad I would rap. Just like, uh, yeah, I would just like to say about Poison Karma. Um, I've seen them on multiple occasions. I know uh, Kevin and his wife, who is the lead singer. Kevin Hall and his wife, who is the lead singer. Yep. Um, I know them personally. Uh, they are amazing people. They are amazing musicians. Um, but they they put their talents more towards doing covers, which is great, and and they do a, a, a fantastic job. Um, what? But as, well, as far as like a local music scene, they are local and they are big on the music scene. Um, but a lot of their stuff is is on covers, and they do a fantastic job. They do, and the reason why I include them higher than say like Superfuzz was because there are times when even though you know you want to listen to locals, a lot of times you still want to get that feel of a big famous band. You can't get that on a, with a lot of bands that do covers. I tell you what, if you listen to Poison Karma, uh, check them out on YouTube to some of their covers with, like, say, like Heart. I've always wanted to see Heart in concert. I'll never be able to see Heart in concert. Um, that's just the way it goes. But the covers they do for bands like that. I saw Heart in concert. You suck. Nobody um, asked. <laughs> <laughs> what about love, y'all? What that's, about right. Love? that's right. That's um, right. They they're amazing. Uh, so if um, uh, cover bands just don't get the love that I feel sometimes they deserve, they always get you know so they're just considered not as good. Well, while we're talking about Poison Karma and cover bands, I have to shout out my boys and Uncle Jack, who yes. Kevin Hall also um, is lead guitar, well co lead guitarist, uh, Chad Loxton, Kenny McGuire, and Jake Ritchie, um, who's the drummer. Uh, if you ever want to go and see the closest thing you can to an authentic 80s show, you got to go see Uncle Jack. They played the Spillway, or they were playing the Spillway fairly often. Um, probably not now due to the Rona. But uh, if you're into uh, Jackal, Van Halen, Van Halen, Molly Crew. Uh, by the way, shout out to Kevin Hall, who does one of the best covers of eruption yes. that I've ever seen in my oh, life. That's what I was going to say. Uh, Kevin Hall is an amazing guitarist. Um, Poison Karma, Uncle Jack. Um, if you're down for a good time, it may not be original music, but if you're down for a good time, they put on a hell of a show, go see them. Exactly. That's why I can, you know, that's why I brought uh, Poison Karma. Now the rest of these, uh, on here, don't uh, do not do covers. These are all original bands. Uh, let's see. Next, I had Gravel Switch. They, mm. they have, they've got a couple of albums out, but and they do just, oh my God, they do an amazing job. They're hard rock. Um, I can understand why people say they're more of a, I hate to say, oh, cookie cutter is such a harsh term, but they're just a straight up rock band that is more attuned to what the 90s and 2000s style of 
Dude, rock band, but they are people, so good. Yeah, a lot of people may not ag- agree with me. I, I eventually got to a point, man, because growing up, uh, you hear different types of, of rock music. You know, you, you get uh, your classic rock, which, I mean, Nirvana is played on the classic rock station now. Yeah. Um, what does that mean? Old? Older stuff? Okay, cool. Uh, you get Anything you, nostalgic, 10 years and older, man. Right. You're, you're, <laughs> like this show. Southern, southern rock. Uh, I, I mean, it's it, soft rock, whatever. Alternative. To me, it, it eventually just became rock music. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, mean, I gr- growing up, people used to call... Uh, and I'm sure they called themselves, I don't know, uh, My Chemical Romance, emo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, dude, when I got to a certain age and I list, started really, really listening to their songs, like the lyrics, that's just rock. L- like, there's so much heart in it. Uh, like, Oh, yeah. So putting, putting them all in certain genres, uh, to me personally anyway, and a lot of people may not agree with it, I think it's just bull. It's just rock. Like, yeah. if it's... Well, what, yeah, well, um, Alan, you, you know, talking about My Chemical Romance, um, they came out at a point in my life where I was still very much putting things in genre. You're um, right. Me too. And uh, I definitely put them in the emo, I don't want to listen to emo rock, yeah, whatever. Right. <laughs> Right. But you know, you know, going back now and listening to stuff like Helena and and some other stuff that they have, Dude, the Black it, Parade is epic. It's really good music. Yeah, yeah, it's really good music, and that's why I had said earlier. You know, um, you can't define music by genre. It's no, uh, it's a universal language. You to elaborate on that a little bit of of where I was coming from, my dad when I was growing up, he had. The first two Bad Out of Hell albums. Who uh, doesn't meat, love Meatloaf? Meatloaf, right? A lot of yeah, people. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I do, and uh, that's that's what was so crazy to me when I finally grew up and and started thinking about it. I was a Meatloaf fan, and would wouldn't want to listen to My Chemical Romance because there's a certain sort of stigma of the people who listen to it at school. Right, you know, it's it's stupid. It, it was ridiculous. So it's you know, it's both of them's very theatrical. Meatloaf and My Chemical Romance. Oh yeah, uh, but they're but they're heavy. Like the lyrics are heavy. Yeah, uh, and the music's heavy. So it's, and, it's just it's just rock. <laughs> yeah. And and let's be, and let's be honest. That's and at least for me, it's always been a thing for me. If it has a good beat and melody, yeah, I'm good with it. If the lyrics are good, I'm exactly. good. Exactly. Like I finally. <laughs> but if, but if they have both, I tell you another then... epiphany I had, and I don't, I, I'm not so big of a fan that I can tell you what he was thinking when he wrote it. But um, Hunger Strike. Oh, I, oh my God! Yeah. Hair, I, hair I, of the dog, absolutely. I've always on, loved man. Hunger Strike. Uh, yeah, Chris Cornell. Uh, there, there's a line, there's a lyric where it says, uh, I don't mind stealing bread from the mouth of decadence. And I never really understood what that meant until I was watching a VH1 documentary one day and Vince Neil was talking about, you know, the, the hair bands of the eighties and how it was all just 
you know, but just party. Yeah. We're, we're not down. We're not down with the whole Nirvana grunge thing. Who wants to listen to music and be sad? We're going to party and have a good time. And then he goes, you know, it's decadence. And I went, oh, is that what Chris Cornell was saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> like it clicked. When oh, yeah. I heard Vince Neil say that, I was like, Chris Cornell, Hunger Strike is a big F you to the entire 80s. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, basically, yeah. Uh, it was awesome. Next on my list, I've got, of course, Blackstone Cherry. We've talked about them half the night, too. Uh, Plain Jane. Now, this is a band that I don't think got enough recognition while they were around. Uh, my buddy Cody was in that band, and they were just a, a little uh, soft, folky, uh, alternative type of uh, band. But the lyrics that they you know, put out were, they, they were really good. They, they were really fine lyricists. Um, didn't they, uh, didn't, didn't they break up because, uh, everybody kind of went their own separate ways. Well, long. one moved to Nashville with his new wife and, uh, one of them moved, uh, over to, well, they moved halfway across the U S and it's just, it's just yeah, how it I mean, was. And they were, they were yeah, a I mean, really good quote unquote college band. And I use that, quote-unquote college band because they were just a really good band in general but i call them college because that's probably the uh the age uh, age group that they would have been most popular with and when they uh, got finished with college that's when they dispersed yeah i mean there's again we've mentioned this several times but there's so much untapped potential in this area yeah absolutely and not just uh, and not just one single genre of music. We're, you know, we've talked a lot about a lot about rock. I mean, I've got plenty of rock on here. Uh, Plain hey, Jane, uh, I, I I don't consider rock. Uh, Luther, yes, I do. Matt, yes. Can we talk about Feckless? Yes, we're we're almost there. <laughs> okay, all right, cool. Uh, Otis, Otis, which of course uh, we've got the. You know, we've got the interview next week with Steve uh, Jr. that has already been recorded, uh, so you'll get to enjoy that next week. Um, blues. Hey, let, let me just say, let me just say that Otis is going to blow up. They they no are picking up that. steam. If they're, it wasn't for the Rona, yeah. And you know what? Maybe this is what they needed to recharge some of their batteries and come back strong once this is very done and over with. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe. Uh, yeah, they had to I cancel mean, some dates. Yep. I mean, Otis Otis is amazing, and they are going to be big. Yes. Um, follow. There's yes. no doubt in my mind. Please There's check no them doubt. out. They're, they're a great live band, too. Um, check them out on YouTube. Uh, just Otis Music. Just watch a couple of their videos. They're so good. Um, yeah. I don't remember everything that I, I said personally in the episode with, with Steve Jr., which is next week. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I, I have nothing but but faith in, the, in those guys they're they got a good head on their collective shoulders <laughs> and, <laughs> if they don't blow up i don't have faith in music anymore and, and they're in it for the right thing you you can yeah. usually tell they are the, and without know, there's a great there's a great line in the blackstone cherry song you can't judge a book by looking at the cover but your gut instinct just looking at somebody and telling how they talk and how they act you can tell who's in it for the real the right thing yeah the and, love the, and, and the audience will and, definitely get and those that guys are the, with the interview oh, yeah. next week um, yeah. hey Alan, you can tell the people that are in it for the money because all they do is write hooks yeah, yeah. Somebody sing them absolutely times. absolutely 
and and that's another thing I respect Blackstone Cherry so much for was the, the you know the record label at the time. Um, that's what they were wanted. Uh, I, I know I, I've seen many interviews where they were like, "We're not playing for radio anymore." I mean, I mean, if radio wants to play us, please by all means, God bless you, play us. But but that's yeah, not their style. Yeah, they, if you're they, a, they write about a, what they know. If you're a true musician. Money is the last thing on your mind. You're doing yeah. it. I mean, it's nice. Be, yeah. It, well, I mean, of, of well, course, it's always nice. Right. But well, you're because, doing it because. Right. There's a great line in uh, Throw Mama from the Train <laughs> where uh, Rob Reiner says to Billy Crystal, fine, you go be a, an artist. Let, let the rest of the world make a living. That's right. Like yep. that, that's how the suit and ties operate, and it's ridiculous. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, next on the list is Colin Grant Adams. I don't know if anybody's heard of who that is. Um, yeah, he plays. Uh, he's a local uh, Celtic music uh, musician. He plays at the Glasgow Highland Games every single year, and he also does a little bit of uh, smaller touring to some of the other uh, Celtic festivals every summer. But that man can. Uh, it's it's just. When you go to say like the Highland Games, um, you, sometimes you just in the hot sun, in the very hot sun, you just kind of want to kick back and relax for a few minutes. No matter where you are, if you sit down, you'll hear that man playing, and it just relaxes you yep. and makes the day go by so nice. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, next was Feckless Fear Derek. <laughs> no, I did not stutter. I did not have a brain aneurysm. I did not have a stroke. Nope. <laughs> that we is their not. name. Feckless Fear Deer um, is also a, they sort of consider them a Celtic rock band almost. Um, they yeah, dabble yeah. into the rock. They are not fully a, a Celtic rock band. They dabble into the rock. Uh, but man, that's a, it's a very, that's a very talented local band that is in the, in the Celtic a music uh, genre they are blowing up and i have uh, i have a friend uh, who's in that band his name is rusty i won't reveal his last name for you know purpose but you you, uh, you want to be invited back to their shows i get it <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah well no um, but but honestly um they played dublin's and bowling green forever and i think um, the band in Dublin's had a falling out. I don't know the full extent of that, but they did play Dublin's, which is an Irish pub or advertised as an Irish pub. It's a Dublin. it's a modern day Irish pub. If you want to talk about an actual Irish pub, go to Cliffs of Mohir, which uh, they feature um, this. Yeah. they feature this other band that's on my list. After that, Def Leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, Matt, don't, don't let me forget when you when you finish up your list, I've got one bonus that I want to bring up. A bonus, perfect. Uh -oh. Sounds good. Uh oh, right. uh, Def Leprechaun is Feckless. It, it'll 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 tug on the nostalgic heartstrings for sure. Feckless, go see them when they play again, please, because they're amazing. And if you just want to hear a, a just an Irish folk band that I mean, come on, Def Leprechaun. That's they've they're very humorous. They tell stories and they're Dude, very they're very funny. They they they're amazing. I listened to some of their stuff today. It's it's great stuff. I suggest going and finding. Rufus Huff. We mentioned mm. them earlier. 
uh, a band um, that uh, Greg Martin had played with, uh, I say a time or two because he tends to play with them, especially live, because uh, <laughs> Greg Martin likes to frequent different places uh, that have music. It's, it's, a, uh, it's a blues band, and they're amazing. Blues and country, yeah. I've I've seen them a few times. Um, my wife or ex-wife, as you were, whatever, um, used to do photography for them. And uh, she went to Memphis with them um, a few years ago to do some photography for shows they were doing. Uh, amazing stuff. Greg Martin is an amazing guitarist. He's Absolutely, yeah, 100%. I got to see them. Uh, I've seen them a couple of times, but I remember the first time I saw them was at the now defunct Kentucky Repertory Theater in Horse Cave, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And I, I was there with a, a friend of mine who was another acting buddy. Uh, his dad was a huge Rufus Huff fan. I'm like, Who's Rufus Huff? <laughs> He's like, Oh, it's a band yeah. that Greg Martin's in. I was like, No, sir, that would be the headhunters. <laughs> <laughs> Correction. He's like, uh, yeah, but there's also another band he's in. So I go, and all I remember is how great they sounded, and the lead singer wore shades. The whole yep. time. I mean, pitch black shades. Yep. It was like, he is wearing shades indoors. He is a cool person. <laughs> but, but they they sounded so amazing in that, I mean, in such a small setting. The, the music that they were just pumping out was incredible. I oh, loved yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and that, and that's the big thing about most of these guys. You have to understand that uh, when we see them or when we saw them at that point, they weren't playing to arenas. They were playing to clubs that held maybe 200 people at max. Uh, so you got to figure out how to make the sound work in that yeah. versus an arena you know and they did yeah yeah i mean it's that's the thing they all kind of came up on these small circuits so uh next i've got cage of the elephant which i'm sure anybody who's listening to this podcast uh or anybody in the world has heard of cage of the elephant because they are a grammy award winning band they won a grammy this past year at the Grammys. Oh my gosh. Um, I was very excited for them, not just because we've seen them, we've met them. It's, uh, which I, I met them. I don't mean like we know them, we're friends with them or anything like that. I mean, me and tiny have gone and seen them in concert, met them after the show. Uh, God, how many years ago was that? <laughs> uh, okay, so I met Anna in 2004, which is when she graduated. So mm-hmm. I would say 2004 to 2005. Yeah, we probably went. We probably went to State Street Pub and watched a band called Liquid Twilight, which yep. was Cage the Elephant before they were Cage the Elephant. Yes, and um, my wife actually went to high school with like three of the members. So. Uh, they're awesome. They're awesome dudes. They are very down to earth. Um, and they got their big break with the game called Borderlands, uh, with a song called Ain't No Rest, Ain't no rest for, the for the Wicked. Because money don't grow on trees. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, awesome, awesome cats, man. They were always down to, uh, talk and, you know, they were never 
What was they were it, never Donnie? like. What's that? Like a, a year or two ago, they came back and played uh, WKU. Yeah, they they do oh, these uh, surprise concerts every now and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to put it out to everybody, <laughs> but to put it out to everybody, uh, <laughs> they usually they usually do a secret show at Tidballs every year because Tidballs was where they basically made their name um, here in Bowling Green. And so, every single one of these bands that we have mentioned has played at Tidballs. Every one. Yeah. I mean, that that is basically, that was basically the place to play. It has been forever. Still is. If you want to cut your uh, teeth in the local music scene, you go to Tidballs. God bless you, Tidballs. Do you remember, you remember Waba? Yeah. <laughs> Wabas, yes. Yeah, oh, you um, mean you, <laughs> you mean the restaurant that uh, Robert Irvine couldn't even save? Oh, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Funny story, while we're talking about that, um, I went to Wabas and saw, it's not necessarily a local band. I think they're more out of Nashville at this point, but a band called TNA. I went and saw them back in 2013 at Wabas, and... They rock too. So yeah, I was into uh, I was into TNA for most of my formidable years. <laughs> I'm just saying they they were pretty most most they were pretty badass. Yeah, <laughs> and you're a funny man, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, I have a despite the fallen. Now, okay, now Sir Bradley before he was uh, jumped off mic and before we even started recording. Uh, despite the fall in and chasing lane were two of the bands that he, uh, sir Bradley told us that he never really followed the local music scene. So I sent him, here's what I've listened to. And uh, he actually had, uh, on, you know, ones that he liked and didn't like the ones that stood out for him. One of them was despite the fall. And he really liked them. Yeah. And of course, chasing lane a, and Jalam. I think he gave them an eight out of 10. Yes. An eight out of 10. Now, so. They were, they're a heavier band. Um, but they're ones that they catch you in the right mood, you know, as in like you just had a really long night. You want to have a beer and you just kind of want to just yell your anger out. Uh, Despite the Fallen is a is a good band for that. I was always a fan. Oh, absolutely. Um, of course, here's one that uh, is probably more near and dear to Tiny. And his memories over the years. Uh, now, I, I included them because I thoroughly enjoyed their music and still do because they get back together every now and then and play uh, different shows. Sixth Floor, as in S I X T H, the number oh, six, man. Sixth Floor. I put, I sort no, of, I, I sort of kind of put my foot in my mouth when I got to meet John King. Uh, without realizing it, but but I did he, not include he, John King and the Mud River Band into this because I don't I, I haven't listened to that band at all. But he does have another band called also, Judd, John King and the Mud River Band. But Sixth Floor is it. Yeah, they're all the. They're also amazing. Uh, Jason Simpson, who I used to work with, uh, mm-hmm. plays in the band as well. So uh, they're they're doing real well. John King, uh, lead lead vocals. Um, it, he, he was also lead guitar, right? I think so. Yes, sir. Yeah. Or, or um, they at least swapped out. Floor, at least. Yeah, on six four. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, uh, Blackstone Cherry used to put on uh, their Toys for Tots shows uh, every year for a while at the Cave City Convention Center, and Six Floor 
uh, opened up for him uh, one, once or twice. Uh, one year, I was actually <laughs> Hoss Cat, who I mentioned earlier uh, from Southern Thunder. He was working security. He's a, a cousin of mine on uh, the other side of my family. He's not, as far as I know, he's not related to Chris. Um, but anyway, he was working security and I was hanging out with him the whole night. So I was backstage and uh, Eighth Nation was the opening act and then it was Sixth Floor and then Blackstone Cherry. So I'm standing next to John King backstage while he's tuning his guitar waiting for Eighth Nation to be done and I go, so how long have you guys been a band? And he thought about it for a second and he was like uh, 12 years? <laughs> and, and I I said, oh, wow, and you never got signed? <laughs> oh, my God, really? And, but, well, I was young and dumb. Boo. And, and that's, that's not, that's not how it meant. Um, that's not how it Right, no, out. yeah. You know what, but, listeners? That, he, you know, that, that he offends under- me so much that I'm going to email the Deadpan Studio <laughs> email about it. <laughs> well, I, well, he understood. He, he, he was very cool about it. He kind of grinned. And he, and he just kept tuning his guitar, and he was like, nope. And uh, he looked up at me, and he said, came close. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they were. But the reason why were. I asked is because they're so damn good. Yeah. Um, it really is a shame that somebody as talented as John King himself, if not the bands that he's ever been with, yep. has not been signed to any label at all. It's, he, yeah. It is a crying shame he's if got he the voice ever... he's got the personality he's got the talent he's got the writing prowess he's a great musician he's got it all except he just does not have the break if he if he was to click on this uh link uh and listen to this um actually i gotta thank him uh kevin was talking about influences um uh, you know and meeting awesome people and just having memories uh of and, and you carry it with you to the next person right Yes. So my little brother Aaron, the song I was talking about earlier that we did for United, he actually bass player. Kevin, we're gonna have to talk about that at another time. Kevin absolutely loved playing with him, but when Aaron was really really young and he he really hadn't picked up an instrument, um, that same weekend during the Toys for Tots shows, he asked John if he could have a six floor uh, wristband. Uh, They they were they were like fuzzy fuzzy black wristband and uh john told him sure well he said come back tomorrow i'll I'll have you one aaron didn't forget about it so we go behind the convention center where john is sitting with probably i believe it was his wife and um we walk up to the door and we're like hey we're here for the wristband (laughs) (laughs) pretty much well john takes the one off of his wrist and gives it to Aaron. And, no, I mean, and, yeah. and Aaron just thought that was the, the coolest thing. So if John happens to, to listen to this, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, I didn't mean <laughs> the way that, that question came across. Um, just that he, they were so, so cool. What he's saying so, is that he's sorry and you're the bee's knees. There you go. Uh, there you go. Yeah, John has always been really cool to me. Uh, I've seen him at quite a few shows uh, locally. Uh, nice guy, amazing musician. Um, 
especially. I, I love Six Floor because it was a time in my life that a lot of their songs kind of hit home, and they were they weren't harder, harder, but they were a little harder than most bands. Mm-hmm. Supergrass, City Boy, Face Down. Yeah, I mean, like all that stuff was amazing. Um, if you're listening, you guys are amazing. I would love to see a reunion. Please make that happen. Yeah, I, I was very happy where he, um, uh, not too long ago, he he was mentioning on Facebook how he's got USB drives of the entire Six Floor discography. Um, and I think they were going to like uh, re-record some stuff at one point. Um, well, so know, that would be really, know, that would be know, really cool. Yeah, I know Reverb Nation has a lot of stuff, uh, especially yeah. a lot of stuff from my youth uh, <laughs> that I really enjoyed listening to earlier. <laughs> yeah, Six Floors, Six Floors, fantastic. Very much. Uh, we've only got a couple more on here because we've already covered Jalam and Chasing Lane. Uh, the next one I have just, th- I, I thoroughly enjoyed because the first time I saw them um, and heard about them, was actually through my mom's salon because the drummer, Hoskett, his uh, wife, um, worked for uh, my mother's salon. Uh, Dead Dick Hammer. <laughs> okay. Um, Who doesn't like I'll the hammer? So I, I have some stories about Dead Dick Hammer because um, the drummer for Dead Dick Hammer happened to be someone I'm related to and I'm not sure if he would want his name related to it so I won't say his name but the drummer for Dead Dick Hammer is uh, not only related to me but a pretty close friend of mine Mm -hmm. and uh, there was a particular Halloween about uh, it's probably been about seven or eight years ago now Uh, I went to uh, Richard Hammer who is the lead singer for Dead Dick Hammer. Uh, I went to his house and we had a bonfire Halloween party. And one of the best things that I remember about that party is we sat outside drinking moonshine with John Dugan. Do you guys know who John Dugan is? Yep. So for the listeners who don't know, John Dugan played Grandpa in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and 3D remake. Yep. Um, so it was very interesting for me to get to uh, to meet somebody who was actually in a feature film um, that made several million dollars <laughs> and <laughs> uh, to be able to talk music with him because that's what we did. We sat around and we drank moonshine and talked music around a bonfire, which was really amazing. Yeah, lucky for you. Last time I got starstruck was when I went to an acting audition and saw Flash yeah, as in like Flash Gordon, the guy that played Flash. <laughs> Flash. Ah. <laughs> yeah, ruined that audition. I'm supposed to uh, do a uh, monologue from a Rocky Balboa, and I get past uh, about I get about a minute into it, and I just lose everything because I can't keep my eye off this this <laughs> that that dude. I mean, yeah. I just, oh my god! I see. I'm I'm thinking back on it, and it's already tripping me up. <laughs> yeah, um, but Dead Dick Hammer, they were, uh, let's say, uh, the best way I can describe them is rockabilly. <laughs> They're like, rockabilly uh, mixed with uh, the old 50s uh, 
Universal monster movies and uh, yeah, TV shows. They, they, they definitely had a gimmick, and not that the music they put out wasn't great, but the music they put out was definitely Different. very gimmicky. It, it well, was. it was gimmicky. It was, we're based on this setup, and this is what we're going to do with this setup. And they did it well, and the music was good, but it's it's not for everybody. It's, yep. it's definitely a gimmick. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the only reason I mentioned them was just because uh, the gimmick itself. I th- thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I, I actually really enjoyed their music because it, it just it caught me just right. That uh, almost a psychedelic um, monster mash type of uh, music, and it just I don't know. It was fun. It was it was oh a lot absolutely. Of fun. Um, also, uh, just a a quick piece of information they were a trio so it was a guitar player who played uh he was he played guitar he did lead lead vocal um his wife did bass and then there was another guy that did drums and that was it it was guitar bass and drums there was no like the sound that they put out was very uh amazing based on the fact it was only three people uh, now the last one I've got on here, um, uh, is Ivory Picture Story. They're a newer up and comer. I know this is supposed to be like local music from the past, but I, I, you know, some of them we've covered that we've listened to before up to today. Um, <clears throat> but Ivory Picture Story is actually a newer band, uh, that I hope takes off because they're, I mean, they, they tour quite extensively around the Nashville area and the Southern U S. Uh, but they are punk rock and i don't mean like punk rock the genre i mean they're punk and rock some of their songs are punk some of their songs are rock and they tell a story the lead singer is an amazing vocalist and they they're a band that you wouldn't you wouldn't think that you'd find out of anywhere uh other than 1980s downtown la on the sunset strip yeah i i listened to the stuff today and they are impressive. Uh, it's definitely retro. Uh, I don't know if I want to say retro in that aspect, but it's definitely uh, more of a nostalgic retro feel than it is a modern day rock type. Of what? Why? Uh, the reason I got into them was because they performed at a local. Uh, I say local. Uh, local bar near us called the dive that uh they posted some music of theirs online they live streamed it and i listened to it and it was outstanding now the music that they've got online is a little older than what they do now so if you youtube them um ivory picture story if you check them out or go to the dive on facebook and watch uh, some of the videos that they've got linked up on there i I think you'll uh thoroughly enjoy some of their uh, newer music and they've had a couple of changes of, of band members uh, since the music was put out on uh, on Reverb Nation. I I really enjoyed it, man. I I really liked it. Yeah, really good. Alan, did you get a chance to take a listen to them? Not yet, but I definitely will. Yeah, I think you're in for a treat. Now, it could just be uh, when I 
experience their music. Like I said, it was during a live stream that I kind of got caught up in the show too. So maybe that could be part of it where I enjoyed the, it's like listening to kiss. They're more of a live band than they are just sitting around listening to their music band. Email wait, me listeners. Wait. I know I'm going to get some hate. Email me. Sometimes I say things just to get a rise. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, what are you, are you telling me that, that kiss on a better concert in person than they did on their studio albums? Cause no, never. Three, three, three or four riffs. And, uh... Oh, wait, I'll stop. <laughs> um, no, uh, maybe, maybe that's what it was. I got caught up into uh, their show. It was high energy. The band was talented. They really engaged the audience. That could, maybe that could be uh, what it is. But uh, I just, I really enjoyed it. And I include them on my list. Uh but that's all I've got. Uh, now, I know I've got a few one more off the top of my head, but I'm hoping Alan will mention one of them. And, Tiny, do you have any? Oh, uh, well, first of all, did we talk about Luther at all? Uh, we touched on Luther. Uh, they were really uh, a heavier band. Um, man, they're good. Uh, go, go ahead, Tiny, if you want to uh, talk some more about them. Luther, Luther has been around for a very, very, very long time. And they took a hiatus. Um, and then they came back in the mid-2000s, somewhere around there, probably closer to the mid-2010s, maybe. Uh, but yes, they are a heavy band. They are uh, really great with lyrical, um, with what they do lyrically. They're heavy, but they're not too heavy. They're not... Uh, like death metal heavy no <laughs> but, um, but they're heavy I, I they're about as heavy now i don't of course they've got a different lyrical style a uh, singing style but they're about as heavy as kill switching gauge um uh, to, to me anyway they get that really good hard rock and uh, you know i say hard rock and uh i'm old uh hard rock and riff <laughs> they go into that really well, awesome yeah. riff and they've got uh the uh you know the singer is just He's got a gravelly voice, but he, oh, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm we're, we're two hours into this. So I start thinking about this music and I trail off starting to hear it in my head and I start trailing off. This may be the longest episode so far. So far, um, so far. I just, I've got so much music in my head from what we've talked about tonight. That's all I'm hearing right now. <laughs> right. Uh, the only, the only thing I can really think about is, um, we talked about Jalam and we talked about Blackstone Cherry. Um, I re- I remember back in the summer of I don't know I think it was the summer of two thousand. I want to say it was the summer of two thousand. I watched Blackstone Cherry open for Jalam at the Armory in Glasgow. Wow! Oh yeah, and, and I cool to see. Well, and I remember thinking, and this is the funny thing, Alan, uh, and you may have read the same article that I did, but I remember thinking that seeing Blackstone Cherry, I was like, you know what? These guys are okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're okay. Well, they're I know what you mean, though. Well, just listen. Uh, I remember thinking, yeah, these guys are okay. Uh, they're not polished. They're not... Uh, you know, their stage show isn't great. But I also remember thinking, 
man, they got some pretty decent tracks, and this they're they're gonna be good if they continue. Yeah, I, I wanted to to throw this in when when Kevin, I, I think it was no, it might have been Matt talking about uh, you know country. Mm-hmm. You think of, you think of Kentucky, you think of country. Blackstone Cherry have a, had a track on their demo, um, rock and roll tape. The the mm-hmm. the real fans know what I'm talking about. Because yep. um, that managed to get into the hands all over. Um, but they, there's a track on there. Uh, I think it's called Redneck. Uh, Redneck Punk. Uh, and I, I haven't gotten to... I don't want to put words in their mouth or, or talk to... I haven't gotten to speak to any of them about that song. But there's a line that Chris says, A country guitar is all that you like. Well, sorry, but you ain't going to get that tonight. Uh, you're always saying we might as well quit, but we ain't giving up. Now ain't that a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> um, Fast so, forward all these years later, man. And sure, so, I, I, yeah, I, I think I mentioned it on the episode with Steve, where I had a I'm not gonna say his name, but I had a school teacher who told me and another friend, Shelby Miles. Great. Uh, now this is after their second album. Me and Shelby. He was really excited about it. We, we loved it. We were showing his teacher who also played guitar. And he's changed his tune since then. But his exact words was, yeah, they're pretty good, but he's not going to have his voice in five years. <laughs> How long has it been? Well, yeah. <laughs> you know what, Alan, you know what's really funny about that? What's that? I read an article. Um, it's probably been a couple months back um, that we're talking about Blackstone Cherry. And one of the first big live shows they did was playing at the uh, State Fair in Louisville. Yep. And when they played that show, they had, I don't know if it was a producer or what, but somebody came up to them and said, hey, you guys are doing great, but you're not polished. You don't have the stage energy you don't have the presence you gotta step that up and from the article that i read was one of the big things that caused them to have the presence that they do now but when i seen them playing at the glasgow armory one of the things i said was these guys are good but they gotta step it up they're not you know and I'm pretty sure when I seen them that it was really, literally one of the first shows they ever played. That's awesome. Uh, which is really kind of funny, but I remember thinking these guys have it if they can, you know, step up some stuff and mm-hmm. other things, uh, which they did, obviously. Obviously. And another thing too that that I'm that I'm really happy for them about is they're still the it's the, still the same guys. Oh yeah. Oh. Uh, Which is almost dude. unheard of. Dude, I went to I I, I know you know Ben. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to high school. I was in the same graduating class with Abby. His sister. Abby oh okay. Yeah, 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 I don't know her uh, too well. I don't well, well. I don't know Ben too well either. 
Well, I, I went more to, than I Abby. Went to, yeah, well, I went. I was in the same graduating class as Abby, and Ben was in the class uh, right under me. So I actually remember working at the Advantage station, which Glasgow High School put out about twenty years ago. I don't know if they're still doing that, but it's been a while. <laughs> it's uh, been a while. But I remember working with Ben as a videographer and doing like local ads for the community. Well, that's awesome. I never, uh, I never was on stage with him. He's a little older than I am. Uh, but uh, me and Ben actually share something from our past. He was an old KRT guy way before, you know, he was a part of Blackstone Cherry. Uh, and KRT was the Kentucky Repertory Theater um, that I believe I mentioned earlier. Yeah, I did. We were talking about Rufus Huff. Um, so that was a pretty cool talking point when I finally got to got to meet him and, and talk to him for a bit. Um, I remember, here's a little fun fact. When, when they did the music video for Bad Habit, mm-hmm. um, the video that everybody saw was not the original um, that there were some things oh, that went wow. on that they okay. yeah they needed to um, to reshoot some things. I was in the original cut, uh, which unfortunately never made never saw the light of day. That's how my but, life uh, works. <laughs> <Yeah>. But uh, <laughs> I got to, you know Ben does these high these high kicks on stage. It's it's almost like you know Angus Young. You're gonna see him do the Chuck Berry walk. Um, you're gonna you're gonna see him on with his with his band aids on his knees. Well, you're gonna see Ben Wills do a high kick more than once. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So they made the joke uh, in the video where it was the same thing. They go back in time and play the uh, against an '80s bunch of '80s hair bands. Um, Well, I'm in the front row wearing a Batman shirt, which is actually one year before, or I'm sorry, one year after the date that's in the video by the way ah. that might be another reason why i didn't make the cut um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so there's a lot of time travel going on um but anyway i'm wearing a batman cut off and being kicks right in front of my face like <laughs> i could almost like stick my tongue out and touch a shoe um and I, my reaction is oh my god this is awful turn around and walk away <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and, and i remember chris chris broke like as soon as it happened, Chris started busting the gut, and he was like, "Alan," he said, "That look of disgust." <laughs> like he loved it, and then Ben's not paying much attention. He's tuning his guitar, and, and Ben starts going, "Was it the kick? Was it the kick? Is that what it was? Was it the kick?" <laughs> and I looked at Ben, and I said, "I said that's that KRT," and, and he was he was like, "Ah." <laughs> This is a little fun fact. Uh, dude, that Ben is, was a theater uh, guy at one point. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I can't say enough about those guys. Uh, no, it's it's fun to to talk about them, but there there's there is a few that we have not mentioned. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, go ahead and mention those pretty quick. I say so pretty quick. I mean, I mean, go ahead. As in, before we say something else. <laughs> right. Uh, so the the three that that wasn't mentioned that I, I feel like should be. Uh, one of them is is close to me. It's sentimental. They haven't really done a whole lot yet, but they will. So keep a eye and ear out for them. Shadow Moses. Yes, that's the one uh, I was hoping you would mention. <laughs> which is my brother's band. Uh, really, very talented very, very, band. 
very talented band, not just him. Uh, the lead singer, Wesley Frazier. I'm not going to yep. start going into everybody's names. because John Wesley. Yeah. Uh, I call him that Alan? because I know him. <laughs> yeah. Alan, I, I remember uh, listening to Aaron's stuff when we were working at Sawtell back in the day. Uh, oh, yeah. Aaron is, yeah, Aaron is very talented, dude. I really hope he... I'm uh, proud of him, man. He... Yeah. Uh, he he's like he's like me when it when it comes to learn, starting out. Dad only taught us three chords. I can't play guitar unless I know what the chords are. Um, I have to look up um, uh, guitarchords.com or whatever it was called. Ultimate guitar. Um, but Aaron started playing by ear, and that little sucker, he plays. Guitar. He plays drums. He plays bass. He he plays banjo, mandolin. He bought a harmonica. Dude, it used to make me sick because <laughs> I, I would I would be in my room just listening. And and this is another real quick uh, segue into what Kevin was talking about with influence and everything. That same night uh, that I spoke to Chris at the Spillway about Dave Grohl and and with Khalif, um. Aaron, I, I started talking to him about Aaron, and he he knows of him. You know, he, he hears the rumblings. I guess uh, not a whole lot, but I started to tell him he picked he he took back after Chris a lot. Um, there is the original documentary, um, a mini documentary that was about Blackstone Cherry that hit YouTube. Um, they go back to their school or to Chris's school or Chris and John Fritz in Edmonton. And um, Chris was talking about how, or or at least within the family, we know that Chris didn't get his license until a certain age. Um, it, like that was not on his mind when he turned when he turned sixteen. Um, when Aaron turned sixteen, Aaron didn't have his permit either uh, for a while, for a very long time. Aaron just kept wanting to buy guitars. He did, he could care less about a car. And so my dad is like, hey, you're going to have to worry about getting a vehicle because you think you're going to be able to be in a band, but you're not going to have a car. You're just worried about these guitars. And Aaron's like, well, Chris did it. <laughs> and and I, told, I told Chris that, and he busted a gut. <laughs> he, he's like, true, true. <laughs> and what did dad's, you, you know what dad's response was? He walked out of the room. He walked out of the room. He didn't. Ah, that's amazing. He, he didn't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was really cool. So anyway, check hey. Shadow Moses. Yeah, check out Shadow Moses. Um, Go ahead, Tiny. Absolutely. I was just gonna say I know that Aaron is talented. I've seen um, videos that you posted. Um, videos yeah. that he posted. Uh, amazing musician. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud of him. Uh, that Shadow Moses, man, they they're, and I love the name too because I'm a I'm a big Metal Gear Solid fan. Mm -hmm. uh, as I mentioned on the Resident Evil episode, it's my favorite game ever. Um, and actually, their bass, or I'm sorry, their rhythm guitarist, um, he came up with a name for it. So, look out for them soon, especially once this Corona deal is out of the way. Yep. Uh, another one, Andy and the Rockers. I've never heard of them. Oh, which is. Wow, is, yeah, no, they're amazing, dude. Tony 
and Andy Tanero, Andrea Tanero, uh, husband and wife. Uh, they also have another group called the Toad, uh, called Toad Strangler. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but Andy and the Rockers, man, he used to play for Jody Messina. Oh, cool. Uh, back in the day, yeah. Tony, man, I mean, he he's he's self-taught too. You know, he plays by ear, but he he was also like classically trained. Like this sucker went to school. Wow. Uh, like legit. Wow, uh, he, he's yeah. amazing. He's amazing. Uh, so t- Andy and the Rockers checked them out. Andrea was actually featured, or well, I don't know if you'd say featured, but she's listed on one or two Blackstone Cherry albums. Um, and I believe one of the songs that she was a part of was War, their cover of War. Cool. Uh, wow. I'm pretty sure really? it was the Kentucky album, yeah. Um, nice. And I think that was the song. But anyway, Andy and the Rockers, look them up. They're, they're not hard to find online. Uh, and then I cannot believe with the subject of nostalgia and, and bands, nobody mentioned the Brothers. Mentioned what? The Wolf Brothers. Oh. The Wolf Brothers. <laughs> the Wolf Brothers, man. They used to come to school all the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, which is, uh, I believe they, they live in Louisville. Um. And then uh, Lexington, according to their website anyway, uh, Lexington, Lexington, Kentucky Booking Agency served as a, a home base for them. And they traveled in Kentucky and the Midwest, also in Alaska, the Caribbean, Florida, and New York. So they've been around too. Uh, so the, the Wolf Brothers, man, and as far as I know, they're still going at it. So got to give them props. They were fun. Uh, um, and they'd come to the school and you they'd have their albums for sale. And I know Rodney... Um, one of their members he would he would get on all fours and like <laughs> pretend to bite another member like in the calf muscle and stuff. But, uh, it, yeah fantastic look them up too awesome um, and that's all i had if, if i was gonna have to say another band that didn't get mentioned um there was a band called pilot mm-hmm. um who also went to school with one of the guys from uh cody meat yeah, he uh, was Cody, uh, Cody Meek. He was also in uh, Plain Jane. Yeah, uh, he was also in Out of House Etiquette, <laughs> which we didn't mention either. Man got but, around. Uh, Cody is an amazing musician. He did uh, he did a lot of stuff on uh, 105.3 and 103.7 The Point, 105.3, or I'm sorry, 103.7 The Edge and 105.3 The Point. Uh, he was a DJ. He did uh, a lot of stuff there. He had a big hand in local. Oh, time did we lose you? Nope, I'm still here. Okay, cool. No, he he was done. He muted himself. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was done. Yeah, no, I was just uh, Cody. Me, Cody. Well done. You were a hell of a bass player, and uh, loved your stuff. And now I said it. That's right. Um, I just want to say real quick for uh, Pilot, uh, if you want to check out, they've got some stuff uh, online again. Uh, check them out. Really good band. Uh, a little heavier than uh, with a lot of the bands we were talking about tonight. But definitely uh, check them out. Uh, well, let's, uh, we're at two hours and 21 minutes, so let's go ahead and uh, bring this episode, awesome, awesome, awesome episode to a close. Uh, let Amazing. This was fun. This oh, was yeah. so fun. Yeah. Real, oh, yeah, dude. 
Real quickly, here is the nostalgic item of the week. I am sending it to you right now. It is sending. Uh, <laughs> let me know if you remember this. Oh my God! Really? I Mac actually don't know. That one. You don't know Mac and me? Oh, oh, oh my no. God! No, Alan, Alan, Alan is a little bit younger than we are, dude. So. Well, oh, that's not. That doesn't mean anything. I, I brought this up movies. because for two reasons. One, uh, well, for more than a couple reasons. Uh, one, Mac and Me is a is just a straight up uh, '80s movie, ki- a kid sci-fi movie about an alien that gets stranded on Earth and at a camp, and he has uh, shenanigans with uh, some of the kids there. Now, it, it's the reason I bring that up is because one, it was a huge hit back then. Uh, it brings back a lot of happy memories of watching it. It was on, uh, back in the nineties, it was on just about every single Saturday afternoon, uh, on one channel or the other. But the reason so, I bring this up, it is actually, if we're, you know, if we're doing, you know, one actor to another or something like that, uh, what, what does he call it? Uh, seven, seven degrees of separation or whatever that's called. Yeah. Uh, this is actually tied to Paul Rudd. How? Paul Rudd, who just had a birthday uh, here recently. Happy birthday, Mr. Paul Rudd, 51 years old. Uh, <laughs> Happy birthday. Doesn't look a day past 30. Um, nope, never. And uh, the reason I bring that up is because every interview he ever does on a show, whether it's The Tonight Show, I mean, you name it, anytime he is ever on, oh, when he's when yeah. he is when he is uh, getting ready to talk about a movie that he's in, even the Avengers, Ant Man, he's going to show a clip. clip from it. This is the clip <laughs> that he brings is from this movie. That's the That's only. It's a running right. gag he's been doing for twenty years. He only brings a clip from this movie about this uh, handicapped kid whose wheelchair uh, at the camp goes out of control down a hill and off a cliff. Mm-hmm. And uh, this alien just sticks his head up out of, pops his head up out of nowhere, like ooh, and it's just, that's just a running gag. But that's why I wanted to bring yeah, that up. He's done yeah. it to Conan so many times. Oh yeah, he's like, why do you, why do you, uh, why do you do this to me? <laughs> you promised yeah, you wouldn't bring that anymore. <laughs> and now that I'm looking it up, I do vaguely remember it. Yeah. Um, but it, it was more or less like Orion's um, answer to um, ET. Yeah, pretty much. I would think. Yeah. <laughs> so, years uh, delayed, but yeah. So just uh, a shameless plug that won't get me any. But I have been uh, watching Alton Brown's Quarantine Kitchen, which is on uh, which is on the Science Channel. <laughs> it, well, it's on Science Channel. It's also on YouTube. Go to Alton Brown's YouTube website. Yes. Um, however. Just saying, he was asking today where everybody was from, and uh, I just happened to throw out Omicron Percy I-8, <laughs> and I don't know if anybody knows that mm-hmm. quote. Uh, he did not respond to it, by the way, so That's don't feel, yeah, I just, uh, <laughs> I just threw it out there because I'm a geek, but yeah, <laughs> go watch Alton Brown, because oh, yeah. he's funny. All right, well, I guess that's going to do that for us this week. Um, of course, once again, we have social media, Deadpan Studio 18, uh, on Facebook and Twitter, as well as Soaking Nostalgia, 
or at Soaky Nostalgia. You can also reach us at SoakyNostalgia at gmail.com, DeadpanStudio18 at gmail.com, or website DeadPan-Studio.com. Uh, you can also uh, find us on uh, the Podbean app uh where that's one of the places we stream deadpanstudio.podbean.com as well as streaming on itunes stitcher google play tune in and spotify email me i will say this over and over and i know it gets annoying but email me and let me know about it you bastards uh, <laughs> please do please do i'm just kidding I, i'd love you i love the audience that we have um, and I, I i just want to say real quick like that was such a spur of the moment thing with uh cody and and kevin yes uh coming in it was such short notice last minute idea and they delved right into it uh i wish cody could have stuck around uh longer but we'll have him back and kevin dude Thank you very much yes. for the insight on all that stuff. Yes. It was fantastic, and we will we will hear from you again. Yes, let me say thank you to Cody. Let me thank you to Kevin, uh, Sir Bradley, who had to leave. I yep. appreciate that. Uh, good job. Oh, guys. you appreciate Brad leaving? <laughs> it was, it was, no. I had to get one in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, also, we, we missed him. Oh, that's all right. Well, like I said, uh, thank you, uh, audience, uh, for being with us every single week. Thank you, uh, Sir Bradley, even though you had to leave early. Thank you for your input. Thank you, uh, Kevin. Thank you. I mean, just this has been just been a really fun show. So thank you, Cody. I didn't want to forget to say your name. I am so sorry. It's it's starting <laughs> to run long, so I'm getting a little tired, even though I, my, my yeah, monster's running out. Uh, but I'd anyway. say two hours and 30 minutes will do it. Yeah, that's right. Yep, absolutely. That's right. All right, well, with that, thank you from all of us here at Deadpan Studio Podcast for Soaking Nostalgia. I am the Matt. Tiny? <laughs> Again with the question. <laughs> Alan? Thank you, guys. We'll check you all later. See ya. Yeah.